0: Don't they have showers at the ice rink?
1: How did you get in here? One of the porters is a fan. He'll do anything for me. And I'll do anything for you.
2: Well, I'm exceedingly flattered, B.B. But you're in training.
1: That's a laugh. Everybody knows it builds up muscle tone. Well, I'm not building up a little more muscle tone by putting on your clothes. Don't you like me? Why, I think you're wonderful, baby. but I don't think your Uncle Harry would approve. Him? He thinks I'm still a virgin. Yes,
2: well, you get your clothes on. I'll buy you an ice cream. Do you expect me to talk?
1: Oh, no, because oh, no, yeah. no, if Chris puts
2: so this so so out in much? March, we'll look like
1: <laughs> <it might> dip, <laughs> won't we?
2: Chris might put it out next week, but he might not.
0: No, exactly. <laughs> so I was thinking, better not say that. Um, why, March, why didn't but... it say Happy New Year in the last three episodes? <laughs> <laughs> we recorded this in part. Which new year? <laughs> Hello,
1: everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Do You Expect Us to Talk? This is episode number seventeen. My name is Rebecca. And as always, joining me are fellow Bond fans, Dave and Chris. Say hi. Hi. Mm-hmm. You sound cheery?
0: <laughs> yes, uh, well, I suppose. It is pretty much like my favourite Roger Moore Bond film, so uh, yeah, I'm pretty cheery. How oh, are Dave? Too. Dave's cheery. No, I'm absolutely cheery.
2: fine. It's just, you know, we've just been chatting about other stuff before we came on. I think we've exhausted ourselves listening, <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, so good night We've got a real <laughs> fag end of the conversation now where we're all, like, knackered and... good. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm absolutely fine
1: Glad to hear it Or as you said, Chris, this is your favourite Bond No, favourite Roger Moore movie This week we are talking about For Your Eyes Only, Darling Starring Roger Moore as Bond Carol Boykay, Topol Lynn Holly Johnson and Julian Glover Written by Richard Maybaum and Michael G. Wilson With a score by Bill Conti Directed by John Glenn Making his directorial debut And released in 1981 So what do you reckon to the movie?
0: Chris, you go first, buddy. Uh, I really like Few Eyes Only. Um, it is a bit of an odd one because it is a transition for Roger Moore. It, it always strikes me as like the perfect opportunity to reboot the character and recast him uh, from Roger Moore to tire with uh, Moonwaker, which would have been a good time to do it. But they decided not to. I don't know whether it's because they just couldn't get anyone else and Roger just went, I don't know, why not? I'll stay on. Um... And it, it's a bit of a weird kind of mishmash. Like a Roger, kind of out of his comfort zone, doing something a bit more traditional. Like him. I mean, it's a lot more fitting with um, your favorite Bond film, Dave, uh, or On the Majesty's Really, it kind of has that similar tone and feel. Um, it's what maybe because it's the first time we've kind of had a bit more of a grittier Bond. Uh, but and plus we see Blofeld die. <laughs> but we'll oh. get we'll get to that. <laughs> um, but uh yeah i I just really enjoy it. i like seeing that side of roger I, I like i think it's his best performance as bond i do i, I think it has got plenty of action i like the story like it was actually like an espionage film rather than the typical like a guy who wants to blow up the world um you know i I just really enjoy it it has silly moments sure it's got Roger in but you know I think it's his best performance, and I think it's a really strong good honest you know, spy film, really. Uh, Dave, what do you think?
2: I think this is a, I think this is a Bond fans Bond film. I think, um, uh, (laughs) and that's not to say there aren't Bond fans who won't like it. And there aren't general members of the public who will, you know, wouldn't like it either. It's, um, but in general, I think it's, if you said, if someone said to you, I've never seen a Bond film, you know, which ones would you recommend? This would be very low down my list, not because of its um, quality, but because, it's probably, possibly the least iconic Roger Moore film. When you think of set pieces and lines and so on from the Moore era, there aren't many in this film. Um, it's hands down the most boring film to research. That's all I'll come to as we go through it. Oh, I but thought okay. you were going to say
0: watched it. No no no, like, no,
2: no, 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 not at all. But, you know, it, it's his fifth film. You know, there's, there's not a lot of news around him era. though we will get on to... I would like to talk a bit about casting in a minute. And we will talk about the fact there's a change of director... But this is, you know, one of these cycles of Bloat and Purge again. They're stripping it back. But there weren't many interesting stories in in researching this film about the way it was made or casting or anything, really. Um, And there are very few things that really stand out. I I also think it's not one for younger viewers, not because of its explicit content, but because it's boring when you're a kid, this film. And I think a lot of people still struggle with some of the pacing in it. But, but what you're left with is a film that does evoke a few other Bond films in places it, Chris is right, it's got a few silly bits in it that wouldn't be there with any other Bond you know, involving parrots and so on which we'll get to <laughs> um, and they they half-heartedly try and put in a sight gag again with that guy looking at his drink but it's so rushed um, but it's got a little bit of From Russia With Love to it because the attack is, might as well be the lector, the main sort of MacGuffin for the film it's got skiing. You've got Bond visiting Tracy's grave, which was intended to bring it usher in a new Bond. We'll come on to that. Um, and so what? You what? You yeah. You've got. It's got,
0: got plenty a, of sequences. Like it, it's got a uh, Bond car chase. But Okay, you might as well manage the gadgets, but it's, it's still a car chase. Yeah, that, that's a, the Scott, action is
2: actually very good.
0: Bond on skis, Bond mm. underwater, he gets shootouts. And it's got, got, got the fight. Fight
2: Olympics. This this I'm surprised he didn't go at, have a go at curling during that set. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> I mean, he, he, he does all, all the ski chases. He does yeah, all.
2: I mean, it, it, but in tone, it's a Cold War espionage thriller. Um, it is the KGB versus British intelligence trying to get hold of something that belongs to British intelligence. Uh, very, very good film, but if you said to, if somebody said to you, "Give me a Roger Moore Bond film," I don't know. It depends how into Bond they were. Whether you would hand them hand them this one.
0: Becca, this wasn't um, necessarily one of your favourites. So, what do you think on this watch?
1: Well, I Wouldn't say that exactly. Okay. Um... <laughs> no, I don't know. Um...
2: Well, you were turning the air blue earlier. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they was trying to make me do that but no no what it was um i think because when i was getting into bond obviously GoldenEye was coming out at 95 i was kind of quite young um and this is sound really stupid but for me i did struggle with the pacing for a long time i thought um some of the action and perhaps the editing could have been improved upon like for example um the scene where they're kind of the scaling the rock to get up to st cyril's it was just really really slow and i was like oh i just really struggled See, i love that time.
0: bit is that the rock climbing bit at yeah the this end? Yes. but now now i think it's, that scene is
1: excellent it's yeah. really really tense it's edited beautifully and it's just no it's there are other parts to it which are baggier um but yeah for a long time i thought this was one of the most boring Bond films ever and i was like oh i hate this one so much but um literally upon you know multiple viewings it's as i said i agree with you dave it's um if someone said to me you know recommend me a bond movie i probably wouldn't give them this one but now I definitely think it's back to the old style Cold War spy thrillers of, um, of Much of Love. And definitely it's certainly up there with the kind of more 60s set movies. Yeah. But for a long time, I really struggled with this one. I thought it was so dull. Um, I, but now I, I love
2: I, it. I do think that when we say, if someone said to me, you know, like we say, would you hand it to somebody who wanted to see a Bond film? If they just watched From Russia With Love and said, give us another one like that, I might do.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
2: Um, and um, because like, of, because, finger, because, of language, no? because of the pre-title, because of the pre and the tone, and some of the things in the visual style, it would actually make quite a logical double bill with Majesties as well.
0: I totally agree because I, I, I kind of did have not quite a Majesty's vibe, but I felt mm. in tone it felt more kin to that. And and of course, this is directed by John Glenn who first started work on a magic secret service am i correct like that.
2: yeah he was he was uh editor. he was the editor on it and he was also set unit he filmed the bobsleigh sequence mm. in it
1: so mm. it makes sense that this would have well as much ski action as it does and it looks mm. amazing
2: yeah well i guess before we get into the actual sort of film and talk through it sequentially i guess let's talk a little bit about director and actor then um i'll kick off first by just talking a little bit about roger moore the Chris said in, in his sort of initial reaction to the film that this would have been a perfect time to bring in a new actor, just with the tone of how this film starts. Yeah. And what he's picking up on there is it was meant to be. They wrote this as a sort of a continuity piece that when you see Lewis Collins or Michael Billington or Timothy Dalton or whoever, it's the same character in much the same way as you had George Lazenby looking at stuff from Dr. No and from Russia with Love in his office and so on. Um, that sequence was designed because Roger Moore had had a three film deal. So he'd taken him up to spy. He'd signed on to do Moonraker and he intended Moonraker to be his last. There's not a lot of story around what, you know, contract negotiations and whether there were arguments. There's no juicy gossip here and there's no, he formally resigned, but they looked at other actors. They did look at Michael Billington again, who they looked at about five times they can, it says that it is said that they considered Lewis Collins well i know he didn't um screen test until next time round casting gets a little bit more ramped up next week um but certainly they don't know if they're going to have him and at the last minute they do uh well not at the last minute but certainly he did sign on in plenty of time for it uh, at the same time, we've got a first-time director. And, and as Chris alludes to, he's been with the series now at this point for about 12 years. And he, how he got the parts, neither here nor there. But it was very much an internal promotion. And he was talking to... In the special features to, on the on the Blu-ray, he talks about... He certainly doesn't say for a minute that he doesn't like Roger Moore. But he said that he wanted to bring it back down and make it grittier and all the rest of it and he said there's only and the telling phrase was something along the lines of there's only so much you can do because his take was already so entrenched Roger Moore's Bond was Roger Moore's Bond now so you couldn't go and do a Living Daylights as such but you could totally see a Timothy Dalton in this film it's very similar in tone to something like the Living Daylights
0: so I thought yeah, Louis Collins yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, I've originally when we were watching this like a few months back, uh, I said oh, I can see Lewis Collins do this, and it's just because it's a bit more dark, darker, it's rougher. I can see like yeah. a very sort of yeah. like hard end like, bi- uh, almost violent, almost bond. <laughs> Lewis Collins just like kicking the shit out of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then you said the magic He's been words. is Bond by proxy, isn't he really? You said the magic words. Oh, Timmy Dalton was like thirty-five at the time. I was like, oh. Okay.
2: Well, we're... <laughs> <laughs> when you look at Timothy Dalton though as much as they call him the literary bond he was very he had quite a he, he was convincing as caring you know, if you look at him with the way he treats Cara in The Living Daylights mm-hmm. there's quite a warmth there and when you think how protective this Rogers bond is towards B.B. Dahl and we'll get back to that in a bit yeah
1: that's um, a big
2: different... But that would suit, Timothy Dalton can do that I would imagine, I can believe that Lewis Collins I'm not so sure but certainly this is this is a harder-edged Bond film as best Roger Moore can do it. But that's how we end up with a change of director. They did talk about Lewis Gilbert, they did talk about Guy Hamilton, but eventually Cubby Broccoli did an internal promotion and it does seem like he gave John Glenn room to make it a bit harder-edged. And of course we've got Michael G. Wilson, current producer of the Bond series, on as a writer for the first time. So there's a little bit of fresh blood here this time.
0: Yeah.
1: I think it does the series world of good as well i think
0: definitely it feels like uh, it feels like a, a the film we've had. i mean even though after Moonraker was a success and you know mm-hmm. it you know it, it felt you know it feels like well where can we go we can't go anywhere so let's let's take it back to like
1: so the, the only way is down but not in a bad way so you've got to kind of uh, yeah like it felt kind of if, it, back down
0: to it felt like a bit of a refreshment and that's i think where it felt for me, like, oh, here's uh, a chance for a new Bond to step in.
2: Well, quite often the uh, new Bond is a bit stripped back, isn't it? Yeah. When you think of Casino Royale, Living Daylights.
0: Yeah, that was back to basically... It, even Live much. and Let
2: Die, to some degree, after Diamonds, they do sort of... They do sort of start a little bit slower with a mm. new Bond, and then start ramping it up over time.
0: Definitely. But I, the same thing... I, yeah, I said before, I I do like the the fact that Roger got an opportunity to do, like a, 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 a rougher end Bond you know. He, he, it, it, it's a more mature performance uh, whether he enjoyed it or not I don't know but I don't think he did but, uh, but he, no he,
1: I get the impression he didn't either really because no. he was a bit of a pacifist but here he's kind of more but well there's,
2: one, there's one sequence he didn't like that we'll get to later yeah. certainly he doesn't talk about this film very much I mean he, he did a commentary on it and it was there was no notable I hated this I mean that's just not his way
1: no, but the fact he doesn't talk about it much is also quite telling.
2: The Spy Who Loved Me is his favourite. I don't blame him. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it's a strange pre-title, only in the... You wouldn't know what you... Would, uh, at the first minute or so, you think, this is quite sombre. This is going to be quite a sombre Bond film. So yeah, it's, 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 it's
1: tonally, tone. Tonally, it's everywhere. But the, rest,
2: the rest of the pre-title is quite camp. I yeah,
1: mean, especially with the disco disco
0: music as well oh. i i i really okay uh so i really like the intro music like i like the gum barrel music mm. uh i like yeah it's great I, isn't I, it i, 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 I like it. I, I like how it fades into the kind of like the the prelude to the kind of uh the, the main main theme tune and yeah. it I just it just felt like oh this is like a revamp Bond. yeah later on in the action kicks in it does go in a bit more disco a bit more like funky you know Oh, bit of, whacka, I love whacka, the wacka Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I, look, yeah. It's it's but, but I, I do love the thing wacka wacka whack in Just the background. The <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh- <laughs> yeah,
2: It's um, but i I can only assume because it opens up with him at Tracy's grave. Mm. Um, now he was married to he married her in Portugal, was married to her for about two minutes. Her father's what Italian or something, and he managed to get her back and bury her in Britain, which you <laughs> know was quite
0: cool. <laughs> that's I a miracle. Can,
2: I can only assume. That it must be the anniversary of her death. Because the vicar comes running out and says there's a call from you, you know, they're sending you a helicopter. Yeah, and so I'm it must thinking, be who knows Normally, that he knows right, there. normally when they're trying to find Bond, he's shagging somewhere. But then they've gone, call the vicar. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well day is it quick get the vicar a ring.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> So it must be the anniversary because he's at yeah. he's like, Well,
0: to be it. fair, he's probably got phone, he's probably got a phone because it's like because like uh, there's like any minute now it's going to be a helicopter like landing on your parish so... yeah, that's, that's... <laughs> get that guy but he's how, like standing on the grave how do you
2: know to go there though
0: <laughs> anyway yeah, it's, it's, a, it, the it's a bomb it film be. but anyway I, I really I, you know what watching this I know everyone kind of slates this one as like even fans of the film say this is like the worst part of it is the title sequence I don't know I really do like this title sequence I think it's you know okay I think if you take away the fact that it's felt, it actually works really well I've I've I kind of like how he get a little flashback to Tracy, a little acknowledgement, and then we have the, the the vicar or the priest, whatever, like run in, tell him he's got a helicopter, and he sets in the helicopter. It's just like a little crossing of the arms. You think, hang on, is he part of it, or is this kind of like a para- Is it like a foretelling of something? Right, you know, God
1: have mercy on your
0: soul. Yeah, well, it could be. It could just be like he's got up in a helicopter, so he's just giving them a blessing, saying, "Oh, I hope you have a safe flight." But it just means like, oh, that looks a bit.
1: <laughs> no, it looks a he
0: doesn't it? Yeah, I I love that. I love that kind of aspect, and I think it's a really good action set piece as well. I, you know, I mean, take away the silliness of the whole guy in a ball cap.
2: <laughs> there's, a, there's a few things about it I struggle with. Uh, the first thing is, Robert Rietti voices him. And earlier on, we put the trailer on our Facebook and Twitter pages. And there's a different voice. They've all, that's obviously a redub. And the original voice is better. It's really quite a cartoonish take on the on the on the voice. I'm not that keen on that. I'm
0: I'm gonna have to look uh, at that because I've I don't, I don't I wasn't aware. I've oh, it's it. it's
2: quite brief, but you do get a snippet of dialogue, and it's clearly a different voice. But hope um, you have a nice you, um, it, flight. It, it, flight. Yeah, it, it's nice it's it's a little bit less you know vampiric. Um, <laughs> and the other thing is the sequences in the 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 area that's filmed is now the O2, the Millennium Dome for. For those of uh, to not date this thing because obviously the naming rights are the o two now, but obviously the millennium don't uh that's where it is and it and it's a real derelict area. you've got blowford on a roof for no reason it appears, and it's just all very strange um now, the stunt work and back projection's are a bit obvious as well. um I don't expect Roger Moore to hang on the outside of a plane I mean he's in his fifties by now, but they're so intent on getting close ups of the face. That's that the so back projection looks awful. I don't think the dialogue between him and Blythe Blofeld's particularly good. And so I'm just not that fond of this sequence. I, I love the way it starts. The idea of him at the grave and just a pause, a quiet moment, and it also signals to audiences. It's not like that last one that was a bit batshit. <laughs> um, but I'm not, I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big fan. I'd be quite worried as we got to the credits at
1: this okay. point. i <laughs> like
0: let's just let's just say like nothing's changed about this title sequence the only thing that's changed is the fact that that's not Blofeld that's like just some Rachel random that's alternate. just some random guy wanting to kill Bond right mm. Mm. would you feel better towards it
2: possibly uh, my gut feeling would be no because I don't like the sequence but I, I'm immediately pulled up with yes because I think some of what I don't like about it is it's E.ON Productions thumbing their nose at Kevin McClory yeah because yeah. they can't use blow, it's them going fuck you, we don't need Blofeld, and I don't care how iconic he is, we can kill him off really easy mm-hmm. um, it's so obviously Blofeld he's just been at Tracy's grave and everything else and Eon now say it's, it's Blofeld but at the time yeah, they, they, quit, now, they couldn't officially say it, and so it's just like, I do get annoyed when audiences get caught up in petty little you know, scraps like that, you know so the whole scene is like, they want to tell Kevin McClory, fuck you well, call him up and say "fuck you." Don't waste my time as a viewer.
0: I don't know. I mean, I, I, I see, so, yeah. <laughs> I see it. I see it back then as more of like a clean slate. It's like because is always like, uh, an, like a, a, like something that that wasn't tied up, and now they can't tie it up cause you to contractual, you know, agreements. Now I now. feel the same way. If we so, so, so now, so now, so now they can. This their way to like, what? Well, we can't have Blofeld anymore. Yeah. So you know, you know how how you know how how long is this going to be? Right. Well, let's just kill him off anonymously and like and 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 do it so the audience is and Then we can just move on from it. You know, that's how I see it as well. Than I mean, it is kind of like a fuck you to Kamikaze as well. But mm. I, th- I think it's more of a way of like, okay, well, let's just t- let's just tie this up. You know, let's just like mm. you know we can't have Blofeld in it properly. So let's just like tie it up now. Give give the fans you know that acknowledgement in our series and then just move on. Yeah, that's what you I, I said. Yeah. what
2: did you make of it? because you know, we're talking about this as like you know the sort of the the straight serious Roger Moore film, and the, 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 as I say, I, I think this sequence is fucking ridiculous. I mean, I mean, to it's
0: fair, fair <laughs> when he starts offering him like a stainless steel delicatessen. That's that, <laughs> that's like we can do a deal.
2: It <laughs> does, and doesn't he know what guys like?
0: <laughs> I mean I, I don't know, I mean how how much can you get for the stainless steel telcos I remember? It might be worth a lot of money, you know, you when, can sell it.
1: When is Bond gonna use it? He's never there. You know, when he goes out of restaurants and he's always at gambling clubs. He can sell it at home. He
0: can sell it, it's worth a lot of money, you know. He's got a coffee machine.
1: <laughs> is that all it does? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> oh Christ. Um no I do I one thing that really puts me off about the sequence is the score. Um I found out, I didn't know this, film fans everywhere will slap me in the face for it, but I didn't realise that Bill Conti did the music for the Rocky as well, some of the Rocky movies, and I was thinking, oh, okay. There's a um, section
0: where you can hear it a bit later. Yeah,
1: quite similar, mm. and I was quite surprised. So literally probably about two-thirds of the way through. Was, when was make, it bit it make... when
0: Roger Moore was like, running up the steps and like, <laughs> <laughs> on Philadelphia? Uh, it's not that far from where Ferrara dies. <laughs> there's a little
2: yeah, bit quite under, There's a little bit under the music that's like some of the more triumphant stuff in Rocky.
1: Yeah, they're quite similar.
2: Yeah, but broadly speaking, it's a very different score. It, I mean, it is.
1: Oh, yeah, no, but, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, obviously, you know, so both films are, are very different, so the score has to be different to reflect the tone and characters and one thing and other. Mm. Um, but yeah, it gets to the point where, like, the the, well, the action on the screen doesn't match the tone that the music is trying to portray for me. Anyway, it sounds really stupid, but that's just my opinion anyway. Um, so kind of when you know, he's trying to kind of fly around in the um, mm. in the helicopter... And he heard this, and it's like, what the hell is that? It just, oh, really annoys me. But otherwise, I, it's um, it perfectly showcases John Glenn's ability to kind of balance the kind of more serious tone, and also um, a lot of action. But overall, apart from the music, I'm quite happy with this title sequence, to be honest. Which is the stupid music that annoys free me. Free title? Else. We've got to get to the. But, yeah, title the pre-title even. even, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. So on.
0: I, I, to... I I have fun with it anyway. You know, it's like, and I, I realize it's a bit naff. You know, for to be honest, to it's to, not.
2: But... It's not something I hate. There's there's far worse title sequences or pre-titles than this. It it's okay. So but it's, it's just of... I mean, what stunned me. I mean, I I'm I'm now sort of going to go on a slight hiatus of talking about money until we get to License to Kill, because the thing with the '80s is most of the films do okay. And they ebb and flow a bit. There's a drop around sort of A View to a Kill, a little, and so on. But they're all kind of similar. A View to a is a bit less. Licence to Kill is where the story comes in, and there I want to be talking about a decade's past, and this is where we are on budgets and the money these films are now taking. Um, but all I want to say about this film, and as I say, I probably won't mention budgets again until the end of the 80s, is um, this film cost £28 million. Well, last year's last year's last week's the <laughs> 1979 film Moonwrecker cost 31, and we're only four years after the Spy Who Loved Me, which cost 14, and that in itself was a doubling from its previous budget. That was extravagant. So this is still quite an expensive film, and actually, to do a pre-title sequence in the ruins of a London Docklands area with some really ropey black projection ends up making it look unnecessarily cheap
1: don't we have a government change in between as well? So maybe the tax breaks there and
2: Yeah, it could, could be, I mean, uh, uh, yes, we have, we've got a, we, we, this is the first one under sort of Thatcher, which obviously comes into play later in the, boo hiss. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, no, 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 it's okay. Um, but I, mean, I admire could, the person, they, but not her policies. They, there could, anyway. could have been something in well, that. Oh, that's very
0: diplomatic, of you?
2: I admire the person, the bitch! I mean,
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: anyway, that, that's for another time. No, no. But,
0: um, no, yeah, that, I, that'll be on the political podcast. Yeah, there, there
2: is a, yeah. a change of government. And, I mean, we have said a couple of times in previous weeks, UK taxes in the 70s were eye-watering. But the UK, UK economy is in recession at this point, so... I don't know. The, the, certainly the, the British economy is not well at this point. There's certainly no doubt about that, although it's slightly on the mend. Uh, but yeah, what I'm saying is this is still a very expensive film for its era and for the Bond series as a whole. And I kind of think this opening sequence doesn't really showcase that too well.
1: No, it looks a bit kind of cheap enough, especially with the, is it say, the rats rear projection there as well. There's quite yeah. a few instances of it dotted away through the film and it's like mm-hmm. it's completely unnecessary and it cheapens it and so
0: uh, I don't really notice it. Maybe it's just because I know how old the film is, so effects like that don't really affect me. Yeah, I mean
2: never watch you never watch a Hitchcock film where they're in a car and they're clearly not in a real car yeah. driving and go, well, that's
0: just ruined it. I'm yeah.
2: Yeah. It no. yeah, you do give it a pass, but obviously we're, we're yeah. sort of putting the and, film... And, and there's the a market. lot of
0: stunt work outside the helicopter, you know, that's a helicopter. Which and the I stunt think,
2: work's really good.
0: Yeah, when, when that's that what kind of draws me out because that's, that's where it matters to me. So I was like, okay, well, that's fine. You know, it's not like it's not like they've like got projection outside the helicopter. they just got some guy in the studio hanging on a fake helicopter going, whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa. You know what I mean? Like, what, that, what, what, worry, what worries me <laughs> about
2: this is what's just crept into my mind is how long we've just been talking about what's quite a short pre-title <laughs> sequence yeah, what's going to happen when we get to the world is not enough Oh <laughs> Jesus! we'll be four hours in going in at this point garbage <laughs> uh,
1: that's like 15 minutes is the longest one isn't it's it <laughs> it is
2: the longest by some distance um, okay
1: so let's move on to the title sequence so yeah first one to feature the, uh, lead the Spectre's the longest one isn't it Spectre. oh is it long really no yeah. I kind of think the world is not enough is the longest it, well, it was. It was.
2: Well, spect- not enough to about seventeen oh. minutes. It's yeah, yeah. the long,
0: that's, that's <laughs> a long one. Inspector took uh, taken over that, well, unless I I'm mistaken. Inspector's not that long. Okay, I my, my don't think them. it has. Okay, move on.
1: <laughs> so Sheena Easton is in the titles for a few hours only. She appears in the title sequence. What
0: yeah. do you reckon to that?
1: <laughs> do
0: You love it? Do you loathe
1: it? In different, what think do you make
2: of it? It was very early in quite a young singer's career to do that. I mean, firstly, I'm not that fond of it as an idea, but she didn't. I mean she had some longevity in that five or six years later she was in Miami Vice and she did a song you know. and a, actually Prince wrote an album for her so I mean she had some level of fame right the way through the 80s but she's not one of these timeless stars that we now look back on and go oh yeah Sheena Easton was huge in the 80s so anyone just picking up this film would go who's that then what, yeah. what, what, why have they put her in the title sequence would be their thought
0: I, when the it only... could have been Blondie
1: Oh, that it would could have been so be. fuck, fuck, fuck,
2: fuck, yes. I wish it was. Odd. Do
0: you know why it wasn't? Because the song's crap. Because, like, yeah, if you heard the demo of what it was, it was like. It, it... Yeah,
2: but this. The, 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 she, yeah, but I mean, um, she recently did a couple of different versions. Okay. Because in, in her original version, she only says the word, the title track, and she said, no, no, I come with this band. She would not do it without her band, and that was deal off. And I can only assume, and this bit I don't know for certain. I'm presuming they wanted to put Debbie Ari in the title track as well, you know, in the same way. And I, I can only think it's because we've now got a 53-year-old leading man. <laughs> I, I think there is some of that, trying to hang you, on to you, a younger you, you audience. Know what?
0: You know what? I generally think why we're see why we seeing, like, the the girl who's singing the song in the uh, title sequence now. Yeah. I, I think it's literally because, like, they've run out of ideas. It's literally like, um, what can we do? I don't know, it's... That's, hey, have you put, considered put having women dancing
2: the... where I'm not wearing a lot? Yeah, <laughs> oh, on, haven't
1: we done
0: that before? Let's do that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, because that's pretty much it. I mean, we talk about, I mean, we always talk about recently how they've just run out of ideas now. And
2: I mean, this is the twelfth Bond film,
0: and 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 yeah. that, now it's that's like, okay, so naked girls with guns, okay, uh, swimming ripple effects, check. Okay, naked guns, <laughs> um, blue background, check. Naked guns
2: with girls dressed There's, as guns, yeah. Spin-
0: spinning around, okay, yeah. Roger um, won put- the titles, yeah, check. But- yeah, okay. Roger um, doing what, what, a barbecue what, what, for the Kiru. What? What? What, <laughs> can- what? Can we do different? What can we do? Um, put the single? That's put the single in the, in the song. That's not be done for Oh, Brilliant. yeah, that will work. So, yeah, I think it's just done just to like, oh no, try and be different this time around. That's. I don't
1: know if it's just trying to get bums on seats as well because well, Shane McGowan
0: was never going to get the no, gig. <laughs> <laughs> but wouldn't no. that be glorious if we did? <laughs>
1: Oh. Alternate titles.
0: <laughs> I
2: don't know. I mean, it could be that. I, I, if listeners, if you do know, email us. We'll give you the details at the end. Because I'm genuinely interested. And I'm sure there's a story there we don't know. Chris's gut feeling is that it's just a new gimmick. My gut feeling is 53-year-old man trying to stay relevant. Yeah, bums uh, on seats. I think just
1: trying yeah, to attract a new audience
2: and whatever the whatever the truth. It's a strange one now because Sheena, if you watched, if you were born much later than the early 80s. You wouldn't have a bloody clue who Sheena Reesden is.
0: I mean, I, I know who Sheena Easton is, but then again, I'm a big Bond fan, so that's why I know. Well, yeah, that's, but, that's
1: the only reason I know. Yeah, and well, I'm just like, about mm.
2: old enough to remember when she got fairly big again in the late 80s. Around H, time. As I say, she was on Miami Vice for a bit, which I didn't actually watch, but I knew she was on it. And um, she, as I say, she did that song with Prince, and I, I, as I say, I think he wrote her an album as well. And... Um, she was reasonably big for a while again. But as I say, she's not really had that much enduring success over the over over a number of decades that would justify this. I mean it would look odd, but if if it was Shirley Bassey and Diamonds, well everybody knows who Shirley Bassey is. I don't care what age you are. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah it's a it's a bit of an odd one and it does date the film a little bit, but the song's the song's alright. The song's better than what we had last week and it's better yeah. than what we're gonna
0: get next week. I, I like Few Eyes Only. I know some people don't like it, but you know, I, I I like it. I like it as a as a theme for this one. What do you think, Becca? are you a fan or are you kind of a eh?
1: I am, no, I like it as well. It's like another gentle kind of ballad. Um and it tells you a lot about the story as well. And yeah, it's one of my favourites actually, I do like it quite a lot.
0: Okay, so uh moving on when where are we now?
1: Um so yeah, coming out of that we see the St George's, a British spy ship. Um off the coast of Albania, I think. Uh
2: wherever it is. Yeah, I thought it was off I thought it was off the off Greece. But anyway, don't matter. It's, it's, it <laughs> Somewhere isn't.
1: in Indian Sea. <laughs>
2: it's in <Yeah>. the water.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere. Actually,
2: actually you're right. Yeah, I'm thinking of where the Havelocks were later. Sorry, Bob.
1: Yeah, so um yeah, we get a few couple of snippets, don't we, before we get into the film proper, because we showed about the um the ATAC. Um what does that stand for? Do you guys know? <clears throat>
2: I don't know, but it looks like they've sort of bastardised a Tomy activity centre or something.
1: It does look very dated. It looks, like, For a chip, one, it looks
2: is... like a child's toy.
1: Well, a lot of the technology is quite it, dated.
0: It looks mm. basically like a typewriter. <laughs> basically. Yeah, like but a it's a
2: typewriter made from, you know, it was like my first typewriter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tomi, my first typewriter. Yeah, exactly. I'd wonder, because one of the offers is, they obviously got a handover where one of them is, is um, handcuffed. To, to a railing or something to make sure they don't run away with the government secrets and they start um, inputting information because this is not really dumb but because there's no like screen or anything I'd worry about the information getting through I'd be like well I can't see anything how do I know <laughs> it's just oh so simple
2: yeah um, when it gets through to the other end you know someone's just mentioned their wives in the background and he's accidentally typed in Marie <laughs> yeah how do you, like how do you know
0: <laughs> you can't check it you just I mean, and, like, but essentially, this is just kind of like a MacGuffin for the film, really. So it's—I it don't—I don't think it really put much too much thought to it. Yeah, something that looks kind of valuable that like governments might want. Yeah, okay, that'll do. That's pretty like, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, it's
2: not as—it's not as indistinct as like the Rabbit's Foot, missions Impossible Three, or something. It, it's more like, um, as I say, it's very like the lector. You We are sold that like we don't want this falling into. Right hands yeah, yeah into the wrong hands so. um, I mean it's so, it, we're, it's explained to us in the
0: we don't want it to fall into the hands yes. of the people who we the joined the commies yeah who yes, we joined commies. forces with like two films ago <laughs> no. yeah. hey I
2: tell you what this furniture still hasn't arrived does it <laughs>
0: no
1: it hasn't
0: well <laughs> you know he said there's no problem with the ladies though at all <laughs> it's literally...
2: <laughs> Yeah, none, none of that like they have a little office 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 or next door. No, he hasn't been there with him.
0: That's what
2: I like what, about... What I, some... would, what I would have loved is if she'd just been under the desk. <laughs> <laughs> Not at another desk. Not just... But nothing made of it. <laughs> nothing made of it at all. She just got out from under there to do whatever she needed.
0: That's what I love about Joe like, he, He just always seems to be like... Like sort of romancing a a young lady somewhere. It's just like,
2: (laughs) well, yeah, because when you get to the living daylights, that's meant to be Gogol, but I don't think the actor was in good enough health, so they did a Mm. bit of a rewrite. And it's Pushkin, and of course he's meeting a woman, isn't he? Mm.
1: Of course,
2: yes. Yeah, so I think yeah, the 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 thinking is he's a womanizer, and um, I mean, yeah, you'd have to be quite talented in an office that big. I mean, he's got nothing else in there; it's all really sparse. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Was he freezing cold?
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that doesn't <laughs> help. We we know that, doesn't it's help. It's quite chilly. And also, your, your ratio of penis to square inch of room ends up making you look quite small, I reckon. <laughs>
1: There's a big leather chair to compensate, maybe. Mm.
2: Um, I've, over- I've, I've overthought this, I not
1: So anyway... <laughs> okay, onwards to Greece. Um, yeah, hang on a bit. You- we, we
2: haven't explained what's happened here. We just said the ATAC. And then we've gone on to... You You, you insisted on talking about Gogol's penis, right? <laughs> and
1: now... You started it, Dave. You started it. I
2: don't know. I can't remember <laughs> that. So who knows? We'll know. no, anyway,
1: there's, um, yeah, there's um, kind of a collection of scenes before you get into yeah, the film. It sets up the attack. The boat is sunk,
2: isn't
1: it? Yeah, it kind of runs into a mine somehow and it explodes. Um, what really worried me during the scene is I was saying that... I can't remember who it is, but there's an officer who goes in and relieves the chap using the attack and they hang, get handcuffed to it. Mm. And obviously there's a mine that goes into the ship goes into a mine, somehow it explodes, Mm. chaos ensues, and I'm thinking, he's going to (laughs) drown. Yeah,
2: you were also thinking, like, if you're trying to get, like, the ATAC, I'm not sure explosives are the best way to sort of safeguard (laughs) it.
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, it stays one piece, and obviously they go down later in the film and manage to retrieve it, but, spoiler alert, but it's just like, what? Yeah, it's not the most efficient way of doing it, I guess, is it, so... Yeah. But is it is it on purpose or does this mine?
2: Well, we find oh, out yeah. about the mine later on. So, exactly, as it's deliberately a mine and mines are explosive, it is a deliberate explosion.
1: Obviously, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you well, don't well, well done, Sherlock. Well,
2: <laughs> Becca just asked the question: Was it deliberate? I mean, like, I meant that rhetorically. <laughs> they, they meant to throw like a butter knife at the boat and accidentally threw a mine. <laughs>
1: a seagull swoops and oh never mind yeah. yeah it was a rhetorical question never mind um, so yeah this introduces to the ATAC um, ship explodes the MOD come in and go oh no and with a little bit of Goggle as well yeah um, they call
2: Goggle <laughs> who's so shocked he loses his, his erection immediately <laughs> <laughs> and, and then and then we go to not Bernard Lee and frankly no. I'm tempted to just end the call here because what's the point of a series without Bernard Lee
1: no they just say like We'll get to it in a minute, It it's like, M's on leave. And you think, oh, so sad. Uh, yeah, so but
2: we'll... they, can't say, they can't say the actor is in a hospice with stomach cancer, can they?
1: No, they can't say, oh, this is what happened. They just say it's on leave and that's it.
2: Bernard Lee actually was alive when this started filming. This started filming in September 80. Bernard Lee was taken very ill over the Christmas period, died in the January. He was intended to come back as M... They hadn't got to filming his scenes when he got ill. It was as simple as that. So at the point where, you know, action was yelled for the first time on this film, Bernard Lee was still to have played M. Hence the no attempt, because it's all very raw, there's no attempt to replace him at all.
1: No, it's just like the Minister minister and Chief of Staff, isn't it? There's no... Yeah, you, um, anybody should in at moment. So and the
2: chief talking. of staff reminds me of Edward Fox's M in Never Say Never Again, ridiculously <laughs> overacting. With
0: do <laughs> do but, but it, Well, it is kind of like well, there's was a bit later, later on where like both him and the chief of staff are kind of like uh, kind of grunting as kind of answers. He goes, "Okay." This <laughs> is kind of comes kind of <laughs> off <course laughs> funny. Mm-hmm. But well, before it... that, we 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 get to the money penny scene, which uh, instantly now I'm thinking, okay, money penny's literally my grandma. <laughs> like, <she's> li- literally? <laughs> not, well, really? not literally. Not literally. But but, but she's basically like, oh come on now. I mean, I mean Roger Moore and uh Lois his
2: first line is a feast for my eyes. <laughs> and you just think, you think he's taking the piss now, don't you? <laughs>
0: I mean, I mean, the fans th- they do. They, they kind of dropped them all flirty seductive, thank God. It's, it's, uh but it's, it's like old friends, it kind, is, isn't it? It is, it is, it is. They are basically playing it like although they're all friends now. I mean it would it would kind of be weird if they just suddenly like money pennies now nineteen or something. Yeah. You get Roger more Oh, hello, Money Penny But um even though, <laughs> even though that kinda of happens in series generally. But um <laughs> but yeah, no it's it's you know, there was, it was kind of like a, uh, a nice touch where uh, uh, Bond's got like a, a flower in his hand, and he and she, and she goes, oh for me, oh for me, James. And he's like, well, seeing Zem's away. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of, kind of maybe chuckle, but um, yeah, I just thought I mentioned the, the fact that. Oh, the cat's
1: away. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah. The other thing is, with everything Roger Moore wears and everything else, you do not believe for a second he ever wears a hat. No. I just get the impression he he walks in with it. If this was real world, he'd just carry that hat just to do that trick. Because
1: he's Sean That's... doing it, but not Roger. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, but I think, Sean wore I, hats sometimes. I think it's
0: there just as a homage, like I think it's like a bit of a tradition thing, like you know, all the old hat on the on the thing. I wonder if Daniel Craig's going to do it at some point. Has he done it? I can see Craig wearing a flat cap. I don't know if he's he's done it as Bond, but I'm pretty yeah, sure. yeah, but... <laughs> probably <laughs> somewhere along the line.
2: Half a mile, you understand
1: have. Dear, dear, I think they no, a lot of. They managed to revive a lot of the old beats, Inspector, didn't they? So I think one of the things that fans are calling out for is for him to kind of go into Money Penny's office or whatever and just fling his hat on the on the stand and be like, "Oh, you know."
2: Oh, oh God, I wonder what you're going to say then. Fling, <laughs> fling what fling her over the table? <laughs> um, yeah, it's um, Jesus. <laughs> but, yeah. So basically, the, the, the it's a strange mission. They send off Bond to. Find the attack, basically, doesn't he, or safeguard it?
1: Yes, but well, they've already on the of, um... but
2: they've already engaged the Havelocks, who are marine marine geologists, marine, archaeolo- marine archaeologists, archaeologists to find it. So it's a bit strange. It's a strange thing to send a double O to do.
0: Well, wasn't the um, wasn't the fact that Havelocks got assassinated because wasn't they didn't they sort of like leak the information about something happening with I don't know maybe um am something to do with his
1: father, wasn't it? He was, he was involved yeah. in and the development of it and things like that. Yeah. Um, the other thing
2: that was really, really odd about the scene where the Havelocks are killed, Melina goes to like visit them, Melina being their daughter, half Greek, half British, basically. Uh, and she goes to visit them with presents and everything else, so it's an anniversary, birthday, whatever. And, and she's just been away for a long time, has Yeah, and, she and basically, uh, a guy flies over in a, in a plane, shoots them dead. Obviously, Melina gets out of the way. He flies past in one swift move, and then she gives a detailed description of
1: him to British
0: intelligence. Well, no, no, she, she flew in with impressive. him.
1: She, she was in a plane with him the whole time.
0: Yeah, he, yeah, Who he, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, the reason she got there, she arrived by him, by his plane, and he you swung by I've and never shot. never
2: picked that up. Yeah. I yeah. never picked that up. It's probably in shot, but I just never picked it up. I just yeah, I never picked up that song. I mean
0: I mean what what would you think is like when you get picked up by uh, a guy on a plane like what's that machine gun for me? <laughs> <What, laughs> and you go, Oh nothing it's a novelty cigarette lighter. <laughs> no. That's but, all I think.
1: One sent to retrieve the ATAC and also he sent on the trail of Hector Gonzalez, who's also he turned out like to be the assassin and also the, the pilot in um in the craft that delivers Melina. Um, right,
2: which is the bit I've missed on countless viewings.
1: <laughs> you, you don't know him because he's not a familiar face, I don't think. Mm. Um, but yeah, we get introduced to Max the parrot as well. <laughs> he plays a yeah. pivotal role a few, so many times.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Jesus, we'll discuss him later on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> give us a kiss. Give us a kiss. Not now, Chris. We're recording. <laughs> <laughs> really, Mr. Bond?
2: <laughs> yes, really. Not now. We're recording. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, minister and chief of staff. Hmm.
2: Piss poorly <laughs> I just
1: like the way. It goes, and again, mm, it's another one
2: where Roger Moore. What do you know about ATAC? Fucking. Everything. I know everything. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't mention the words Tommy Activity Centre, so I'm not quite sure how, <laughs> how clued in he is. But again, it's this era where everything just knows everything.
1: No, Warbun's. Well, he's
0: meant to be like the he's the expert, isn't he? Pretty much. I mean, to be fair, I don't believe this film. Uh, he's actually slept seen this one.
2: No, no, it's not. You do you do gather he's like a spy or an agent or whatever you want to call it. The The one thing where I, I just thought I'd love to see he doesn't know everything is a bit later on in the film where they do do the car chase and the 2CV, where he leans out of it and says, "Poor favor, because he wants some help. Yeah. I would have loved if he'd got up and just said a load of Japanese. Because <laughs> he did Oriental languages at Cambridge and that's all <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> But then it's run
1: over die, so you can't read the keyboard. Yeah, well, it was of a it, long of shot, but funny. Like, like, it might <laughs> be Japanese. <laughs> Oh God. help me with car. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I, 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 sh- I shall just
0: speak English, but slower and louder. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. So it, but again, it sets up a pretty decent espionage thriller because he's he's sent oh, he's set on the trail of a hitman, but that hitman is just a hitman. It's it, he needs to meet, meet the man who leads into the man. Basically, it's just a
1: link in the chain, really, isn't it? Yeah.
2: So he takes his Lotus.
1: Another Lotus Turbo Esprit. I looked it up. He has two in this movie, this white one, which gets destroyed, and then a second one, a bronze one later on in the film. That's all I know yeah. about the cars.
2: But Becker, Becker, I was going to, like, you know, tease.
1: <laughs> oh, well, sorry about that. I just, you know.
2: <sighs> You've ruined it now. With it's Bernard very- Lee dying as well, I don't even know if I want to go on. <laughs> <laughs> so where is where is it they have to go to see What Where is that?
0: Uh, I don't. I know how to do You know,
2: I, the one thing I will say about this film, apart from missing who dropped off Molina, I think I do lose track of locations a bit. I'm aware when they move to a new one, but I, very f- many I, f- in there, I forget when we're in they, Spain. So they
0: in, throw in. loads in. I mean, that, yeah. that, that's the thing about this film. It does like you, and you with the
2: exception to... of the snow, they all look kind of similar. Mm.
1: Plot-wise, it's quite a busy <laughs> movie as well. A lot happens, but I mean, we've got like um, we've got Madrid, um, we have Cortina, we've got, um greece various parts yeah. of greece as well so yeah, location think... it's not very location heavy but there's a lot that goes on it's one of those films where for example if mm. you know, say when we do the commentaries um we'd have to pay attention because there's a lot going on
2: yeah um well,
1: well if you're like me anyway then you know yeah follow, no, follow no, the film.
2: i don't think we're planning to commentate on this one particularly no
1: but for example it's but, one that but, yeah it
2: is one of those you would have to You have to follow it is. I think you write down And again, it's, it's difficult if you are a younger viewer. And it's not an intelligence thing, it might be an attention span thing. I don't know. But For Your Eyes Only was a really boring Bond film when I was younger. Yeah, uh, I would agree with you there. I, I really enjoyed it watching it. I sequel. don't
0: know. I, I kind of had vague fond memories of watching this, but it was one of those films that, like, I remember watching it as a kid, like, younger, but then it kind of wasn't shown for ages. Mm. Like, it went for, like, there was a solid gap where. It was never ever shown. It was like the one bomb film that wasn't actually seen to get shown on TV. So it was like, what? what I want to actually rewatch that, you know, to kind of refresh mm. it. So that's probably where my fondness comes from because when I wa- watched it when I was a bit older as well, I kind of really liked it. So mm. it's maybe... quite
1: violent as well. So maybe they would have it like after the watershed or after a certain time. I don't know. Could mm. be. In but, terms of like,
0: though, I do remember it being on like during a during a day, <laughs> around Christmas. So, mm. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> but yeah, uh, jolly Christmas film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. Oh, there's
2: snow. What else do you want? <laughs> this
0: is it.
2: So, yeah, so they go off to um, wherever it is <laughs> Christatos is, but there's a pool, and Caroline Cossey is in this scene, the transsexual. We answered the I still happened.
1: didn't spot her. I don't no, know. No, I'm
2: still, I still, I still not sure where she is in the scene, but she is an extra, so you're not really supposed to. But yeah. that little bit of trivia, I think, refers to this scene. But they're trying to sort of find Christatos to see if they can figure out. Well, they wanted to basically get the information directly from him, but whilst Bond is there, firstly a noise is made behind him, which like, it makes, it makes it that he's spotted. But as Christatos is about to have him killed, you've, you've just seen him get paid, which is fortuitous timing.
1: It's not Christatos at this point, though, no, is it? Cause it's, um, uh, sorry, lock. I say it's What's he called? It's Lock. is it? Lock? board lock. No, Beat no, bar. but who's
2: Locke paying? The one who shot appearance. what's he called?
1: What's oh, um, Hector
2: Gonzalez. Hector yeah. Gonzalez, sorry, not Crystals. Um But just as he's yeah, right. being paid by Locke in cash, at that very moment, which is handy. He uh, but...
0: it seems to be like well, like he seems to have a lot of amount of people working for him as for a hitman. It's like
2: it's an important job having bikini ladies <laughs> around you. Basically, it's, 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 it's like
0: he's got his own like guards. It's like hang on, what the, I, well, he does.
2: I... Yeah, the whole area is protected by guards.
0: It's like why? Why is he so like? He feels, <laughs> yeah. It's like very uh, <laughs> Like, like license, license, kill or be killed. Take him away. <laughs> yes, like, and then it's like a,
2: and then, uh, he goes. Gonzalez goes to dive into the pool, and he's shot by an arrow just as he sort of lands in the water. Mm. Melina, and and the uh, distraction allows Bond to do some sort of judo chopping, sort of <laughs> uh, Austin Powers level fist fighting. <laughs>
1: it is pretty much judo chopping. I it? know. And then he
2: runs away and, and he n- runs straight into Melina, who actually fired the crossbow shot. So she's quite well informed. She's managed to work out who this guy is. Mm. And she's got there and killed him.
1: Which I like the... how she's she's got the one like very often in Bond movies it's Bond who has a personal vendetta and obviously this time around Melina does so that gives her a bit of agency whereas Bond's yeah. just acting well, as what, an agent what, what do we think? Um, to Sorry. recover the attack
0: So go. What, what, what do we think of her uh, as a Bond film just like uh, now now we're actually on, on the subject of a Bond girl like what do we think of this Bond girl do you think she does a good job do you think she's a good character what do you think
2: Go on Dave I've got kind of mixed feelings about her again I think when, when I was younger there wasn't a lot of warmth to her, so I don't think as a as a as a boy, I'm not even talking as like an adolescent or a male particularly. Um, I don't think I was particularly drawn to her. She got very piercing eyes, and she's not a fantastic actor either. And she is way too young. I mean, during the filming of this, she'd have been about twenty-three. Roger Moore's now fifty-three, um, so there is that. But if you're going to cast someone that that young, she does have kind of a timeless quality to her. She doesn't exactly look twenty-three, um, and she has an interesting story, an interesting reason. She's quite resourceful. I mean, I I I think she's probably better than the last couple.
0: Yeah, I I I agree with that. I think the reason why, I mean, I agree, she's not necessarily like a great actress, but. Mm. There is like a she gets base, but fe- yeah, she well, thing so it kind of suits the character because she is quite a vengeful, driven. Mm-hmm. Like I got one thing in mind; I just want fucking revenge. I, that's that's what I want. I so know, there, very, is one, there is one bit in the car chase where she laughs though. Yeah,
2: if you notice that. Yeah, she, yeah, instance, she does
0: smile eventually. She does she?
2: actually she laugh in that scene? I don't know if that was an outtake and they just left <laughs> it or what, but. And
1: he goes, "I do love a ride in the country," and she's I, like,
2: <laughs> "Thinking about it, I mean." I leave Octopussy out of this because it's the film I'm least familiar with in the Moore era and I don't want to be unfair to it before I look at that film again. But actually, not from the strongest bunch, I have to admit. She's probably the best of the Moore era so far. Well,
1: she's got the brains and she's got the beauty as well. I mean, she's not going to say them, so... No, I was going to say that, no. Yeah, <laughs>
2: she's a hunky
0: beefcake. <laughs> well, she's very, I mean, like...
1: She's she's pretty and she's
0: intelligent she's well, very so she's passionate and so she's very much like oh, i just want you know I want to kill i mean she's like i mean I like, the thing that doesn't really play well and it's more in the story rather than like actually roger moore's performance because i think roger moore's performance like treats a bit more as a not so not so as, as a, a father figure but it's just someone who's just generally like concerned for her well-being and just wants to make sure that she's okay you know, rather than like trying to romance her. So when the script kind of goes for the romance, I'm just not convinced. You know, no,
1: at, at the end when he's like, few is only, darling," that really it, does that like, falls down for me. I'm like, it's, mm. it's yeah, it's, it's just it, not really the trophy in this. It, I mean, it, to me,
0: it reminds me a bit more of um, Camille and Quantum Solace. It's that kind of like two pe- two people kind of like who kind yeah, of on know- the same level. who know about revenge. She's after revenge. But bon you need to bon, put bon knows about. Yeah, Bond knows yes. about revenge. <laughs> oh, yeah, There's only yeah. one point where
2: I feel they've got any... I had two thoughts watching this film when it came to chemistry and, and the women in it. Um, the only time I thought they had any real chemistry was actually when they were tied together and about to be dragged into the water. Yeah. And he looks at her a bit reassuringly and he says, we're not dead yet.
0: Yeah, that, that is actually yeah. nice. Just
2: that moment, that... the sort of barrier between them disappears, the invisible barrier, obviously. Yes, and mm-hmm. they... And and they actually look like they've got some chemistry, but
0: the that, other thing yeah. I say me... like, that is my favourite part of Roger Moore's performance in that film. It's just that it's that reassurance of like we're not dead yet. I just love that kind of.
2: But there's no like we're not dead yet. No, no, it's to it, it, is it? it's it's, like, it's a very subtle, so well.
0: subtle, a very subtle, quiet, way. confident. Yeah. Don't give up hope.
2: The woman in the entire Bond run that Roger Moore, less so less than James Bond, if you like, ha- seemed to have some chemistry with was Pierce Brosnan's wife Countess Liesel, oh, Countess Liesel fantastic up. chemistry between the two of them I thought
0: yeah, it, she's just a bit too brief but she does yeah. she does make it count though for a time yeah the and... selfish bitch got herself killed
1: <laughs> yeah you know so... you're slipping so is your accent
2: yeah I just Pierce Brosnan must have been furious <laughs> I, bet <on laughs> set set of, I bet on the set I bet on the set Tomorrow it's... Dies he was banging all four of Roger Moore's wives <laughs> Just as revenge.
0: Well, to be fair, it's how he got the gig in the first place, because that's where like she, she introduced um, them to Pierce, and they kind of yeah, like Pierce, that's so, right. yeah. so that's yeah, kind he, of set the scene for importance. it.
2: I suppose that when I say about there's not much interesting research about this film, there's it, not really. I mean, apart from that little dropped sort of thing about John Glenn almost hinting Roger Moore wasn't his Bond, and he certainly didn't slate him... Um, the only other thing is, yeah, it's, the, it's Pierce Brosnan's first time on a on a film set. We'll get to Countess Liesel when we get to Colombo a little bit later on. But, yeah, basically, one of the female characters in this film, her husband in real life, um, and she died tragically young, the actress, uh, was Pierce Brosnan. And that's when he met Cubby Broccoli. And people like Broccoli were joking he'll be James Bond one day. But I think that actually did genuinely take root here. Because Pierce Brosnan would have been about 28 when this was mm. being filmed.
0: So he would start being grooming as... Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, then he had all the stuff to go with from this um, oh, Remington Steel um, role and well, mm. that snafu to come as well, didn't he, at the time? So. Yeah.
2: yeah. But anyway, but, um, sorry. that's for another time. Yeah, talking <laughs> about chemistry with women, I, I, I think it, it's, it it shows you what a difficult thing it is because all these men that have played Bond, most of them attractive either to women or subsets of women in that you know, not everyone's going to be everyone's taste. But they're at least partially cast because they have some level of attractiveness to the opposite sex. And very, not that many of these films are notable for really fantastic chemistry between leading man and woman. And I don't know if that's because Bond is a really pressured role and they've got a lot of different things to consider or uh, just because you know it's temporary. I I don't know what it is. But I did really note when they were on the beach, him and Liesl, I thought, no, they've actually got some real chemistry, this two. And I think Maybe... it might be partly because they were a bit closer in age as well, because Cassandra Harris was quite a little, quite a bit older than Pierce Brosnan. Mm. She would have been closer, if not close, to Roger Moore in age. I
1: was
0: going to say, yeah. the age difference might have helped as well, perhaps. Yeah. So... And, and I noticed in this film, they haven't really tried to age his... Well, sorry, haven't, haven't really tried to hide his age, necessarily. Just kind of let him be... Well, it's just Roger Moore. You know, it's bit well, more... he's back. not... He's,
2: he doesn't have... To, well, I don't know. Some of the skiing... I mean, the ski jumping, that's not... You know, but,
0: well, yeah, not in, no, in terms of stunts, but you know what I mean? But in terms of, like, his appearance in the film, he do not um, try to, like, try to hide his age so much. You know? Oh no, they tried to make him look younger, he's and he's that sort of thing,
1: as well.
2: conspicuously young.
0: Yeah, no. Also,
1: story. in his relationship to Bibi in as well, he's like the first woman.
2: There's a bit where he's on a boat later with her, and I looked at him and thought he's dressed a bit Saga Holidays in this film, <laughs> you know. But he's, he's dressing, uh, his he was dressing his age. Um, he's dressing his age. Yeah, uh, the, the funny thing about where um, uh, what's he called again? I've forgotten his name. The guy who was shot with the arrow. <laughs> oh, uh, oh God! Gonzale, yeah. Sorry. At the point where he's shot, just I just think of Speedy. Right, okay. So, <laughs> speedy, so, so speedy vans <laughs> the um, Speedy van hire is shot and then other
1: heck. van hires are available. Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, sorry, we've just done some free advertising. We don't have to sit and name seven or eight other firms though, it's okay. Um but, but if, if you want to
0: send us free stuff, we'll more oh, kindly <laughs> take.
2: Don't send me a van, I just I wouldn't know what to do with it. Um but the, the point where he shot, I, I did mention this during the Thunderball um, podcast, because when you're talking about the most successful of all the Bond films uh, in the mid-60s with Sean Connery, obviously the fifth Roger Moore Bond film has to come up. <laughs> and, um, but uh, the, the, what makes me laugh here is he sees Emil lock from distance, at least the other side of a pool. It, it's got at very it's, least it's to twenty. Be fair, d- and, I, and I did watch and it's this. Probably more like fifty.
0: No, I, to be fair, I did. i way away. I, no, no, I, I did watch this scene, and yes, there is like he's, st- he's standing on one end of the pool, and the, the guy's like, I don't think he's that far away, but he does when he starts being taken away, he is actually. Walking towards him, so by the time like the shit would have kicked off, he wouldn't have been that far away from him I, at I all. I just find it
2: incredible that he knew not only the color of his eyes, but the shade, and he knew the um and he knew that it was octagonal. octagonal ring, I mean, that but... whole bit's
0: ridiculous. Anyway, the whole fact like oh, I <laughs> I I'll, I'll describe. It's well, no, we'll get on, on to the
2: identity. There's going to be a bit of repetition in this because obviously we talked about it during the Thunderball sequence. But he, obviously, they're killed. He, he's killed, so that's his lead gone. But he's aware that he saw the person giving money. Well, essentially,
0: so, it, it it's it, a chance. It's like, yeah, we saw someone get paid off, so let's just assume that we assume that's the guy. Yeah. He's paid him for that job. You know?
2: That's for that job. Before we get to that, though, there's a really quite. I love it or hate it car chase.
1: It's been it with the uh, little TCV.
2: Yeah, because Bob Simmons, the original gun barrel guy, plays an extra in here that smashes the window of Bond's Lotus and it blows up as an anti-theft device. That's
1: an uh, anti-theft device, wow.
2: Can you imagine that if that was on your car? You go out in the morning and you went, well, at least no one's nicked it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just
1: in those many pieces strewn across
2: the I carpet. mean, f- fucking immobiliser or something like that. <laughs> at, least at, at least it killed the bastard. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: Potential thief.
2: You, you, you get into work with just like a quarter of the exhaust in your hand <laughs> and you just go, I'm lucky to still... Love this, shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and he says I hope you've got a car and I love the way he just throws his keys in the air
0: yeah. I mean <laughs> it is I mean, pretty much the statement of the film like, we're going back to basics now no more gadgetry you know it is pretty much like uh, that's what I think it is it's yeah. pretty much like okay we're not relying on gadgets this time this is back to basics
2: yeah. and he jumps in the 2CV which has no Horsepower at all
0: I mean, he, he even says it I think we've been At yeah. <laughs> but Horsepower But yeah. he
2: says uh, He asks who she is And she says He killed my parents And he says <laughs> the Havlox, <laughs> I'm Havlox, sorry. So That's the i uh, And the way he delivers That's really good I mean all the way Through this film There's still a couple Of bits in it That I go That's only there Because Roger Moore's James Bond And I don't like that But all the way through He's just giving Such a terrific performance um, He's quite
0: I- sensitive To it isn't he I think Mm-hmm and I'll be, I'll be he also during the uh, the car chase does his obligatory like a knowledge of a, a villain in the opposite vehicle and and what gives, a little, yeah, gives yeah. a little yeah gives yeah. a little <laughs> nod. Um, yeah. But you I think actually he gives poi his best delivery of the line. Names Bond, James Bond, as well.
2: Right at the end as well, yeah. it's just like a little payoff. Yeah, I, I kind yeah, of. Yeah, it's really I, well done. I mean, you've got to remember one of the things with myself in Roger Moore is particularly as he aged, I found him quite now Roger Moore the man isn't, but his take on James Bond, ended up coming around as sort of sleazy. We saw it last week with Moonraker, you know. It, what, do you, what do you do for eight hours in Rio when he's already undressed? And I like, well, get some fucking consent first, you know what I mean? <laughs> or at least tell us she's half interested. I mean, <laughs> she's just picked you up from the I airport. just assume, you know. Yeah, it, so I had problems with that. And, and the thing is, this is now a 53-year-old man with a 23-year-old woman. He is going to have sex with her, you know, the character at the end of the film. And yet, at no point do I find this slimy. I think no
1: he's, he's very classy all the way treats, up. Treats
2: the actor treats her and the char- and the character by extension treats her with class and dignity.
1: Yeah, she gets the respect, respect
0: Yeah, Well, yeah. it yeah. just goes back to what you know, it's, it's why I say it goes back to what I was saying before about him he is more kind of like concerned for well-being rather than like thinking about trying to <clears and> shag her. <throat> it. It's just but the, but when the times when the script like calls for that there to be like romance. I mean, yes, it's a bit more sweet nature. Yeah, but, but he doesn't. He, I just don't buy it. But
2: I bet he asks how she is after every pump.
0: Yeah. <laughs> is that alright for you? Is it feeling okay? Is this doing it for you? I think by that time we, she did need to work. We, we can stop if you want to. Just say. Okay.
1: <laughs> oh, I, I went to have a drink there and it just. I couldn't do it because it would have gone out my nose. Oh dear, that's hilarious.
0: Is this
2: is this Melina dialogue? You want
1: to
2: <laughs> <do>? <laughs> okay, um, so, yeah, it's a sequence, and basically it's just them getting away. Yeah, uh, and then we see him. We do see him back with the minister and Bill Tanner, then, don't we?
1: Is that and, Bill uh, Tanner? And the minister goes mm, quite a lot, which is good fun. Every yeah. other line is like, "Don't cock it up this time, Debra Seven." So <laughs> Hmm. and so
2: he, so he, he basically says you've cocked it up and we've got no leads now and he said well assuming that money was for that murder
1: yeah.
2: we've got if i can find that guy then Indeed. there's still help so you
0: he can says, cut to the identic okay <laughs> okay and then so you go get a q scene which is like, I, I love the literally q scene where it's just like walking through the lab and all these crazy gadgets Stinging yeah, the lab, and Stinging, that, yeah. again, sorry if I'm
2: <laughs> repeating myself from, like, I think it was Thunderball when we talked about it, but this lab en- empties really fast. He walks in, <laughs> in in the middle of a working day, get, and they're all, like, doing different things. They go into the identigraph room, do about two minutes of this is what he looks like, get up, and then... So he brings in a cup of tea. Room, and the lights are all off, everyone's... All home. They've made a cup of tea in that time as it's well. It's like, oh, I'll, I'll,
0: I'll close, close up, close and everyone's fucked up. I'll, I'll lock up, and
2: everyone's gone <laughs> in. It's like... All right, and they've got their coats off like they've been in there like all day.
0: Well,
1: it could be that the identograph actually takes hours, and it's they've been there, up, like yeah. they, they got in there at like, you know, lunchtime or something, and then come on half but five or the something. F- they all but there's off.
2: barely any cuts in this. It looks real time.
1: Maybe they come in towards the end of the day, and then I don't know. They're testing the stinging umbrella. That- 5.25 or something, and then half five, right, home you go. But even then, <laughs> no one
2: stopped and said, see you later, or... No, the Sharon comes in, and it's like... Oh.
1: Just... Yeah,
2: I just think it's a really weird sequence. Yeah, yeah. the
1: hilarious. I do love the, it's a nose, not a banana. which <laughs> just brilliant. Yeah. I think that that's what the the idea of Bond, obviously. You know, he's a master spy, Um, and he's... Obviously, good with his fists, good with a gun, good with a knife. And also, he's quite good at spotting people, so he, he should be able to... Spot somebody at fifty feet or whatever, and recall an accurate description of them. So,
2: yeah, I would expect it to be better than. It's a bit like if you if you had a policeman in the family or something like that, or sure. a police officer. I don't mean a man necessarily, but they would spot things we don't see because they're trained to. But I mean, this was you know eyes a bit greyer. Sorry, no, no <laughs> really, yeah, that takes at a rims, bit. it's octagonal. <laughs> <Just> <laughs>
1: Yeah, the details are a little bit too fine. Isn't I, it, I,
2: I think I think he was sat down the whole time as well, as well. He knew his height, knew his age. It's quite impressive. But anyway, it doesn't matter. They get this name, Emil. It's his job. And... I like how
0: you sort of like just do a little like uh, computer drawing, and then oh, they print off, oh, print it. It's literally like a photograph likeness. Just well, exactly. <laughs> if they printed
2: it, and it had just been this real kid's like drawing of it. It's just like Homer Simpson. just. Like. me my
1: first printer. <laughs>
2: and, and then when you actually, when he actually gets to him, it's not a man. It's like Bertie
1: Bassett. <laughs> 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 Bertie Bassett. What? Yeah, it's just a <laughs>
0: made of licorice or sorts.
1: <laughs> and there he is. But I was like, what they random? Oh, they're so funny.
0: Bertie Bassett used to terrify me as a kid in the effort I don't, I, I don't know what it is. It's just something about the a guy made of licorice, just like horrific. But anyway, moving Terrifying. on. Yes.
1: It's like the Marshmallow Man in Ghostbusters, like
0: what? Well, I, 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 the, uh... I am going back there. I'm going to like like Mr. Soft and the Mince ads. <laughs> I remember that, he was terrifying. We're going so... like Mr. Soft. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. Going go back like you know like the, those adverts. again. 53
2: uh, year old James Bond dialogue. <laughs> 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 so then he's sent off to meet Ferrara,
1: Luigi Ferrara in Cortina.
0: Luigi, yeah, yeah probably one of the most He's
1: Italian, so therefore he must be called Luigi.
0: Yes. So. And probably one of the most forgettable uh, (laughs) uh, psychics to Bond as I've had in the film, really. (laughs) They have a quick chat, which starts
2: with, you know, what the snow's like, as their little cold word. (laughs) And then he basically says, I know someone, and introduces him to him. And I just think like they might as well have just called him up and said, "Who do you know? Oh, well, just we—you need to meet a guy called Aristotle Christatos. All right, where do we find him? Well, he works with an Olympic figure skater. <laughs>
0: he's <laughs> oh, over there. Probably
2: find him.
1: Then. <laughs> <laughs> I like how he, I think he makes. There's a couple of times he mentions it. He's quite reliable. But I, one thing I like about this film, how like, um, you're, you're shown. Okay, we we meet Christatos, We kind of we're we led to him. Um, we're kind of made to believe that um, Columbo, um, Topol's character, is the villain, when really that's not the case. It's kind of like, you know, who, who's the real villain here and he's revealed you know, towards the end? Because
2: Ferrara's contact <laughs> is the lead villain. Exactly. <laughs> like,
1: fantastic. Exactly. It's <laughs> like, basically, you've seen a
2: Blofeld and you describe Draco for you. That's
1: no, that's just
2: it. <laughs> Bit crap.
1: But at this point, we're not let to believe
0: that he's the the lead villain, the lead
1: villain, the, the lead, lead, villain. Villain. The lead <laughs> villain. That's what's between villain and buddy. Yeah, so, yeah this I'm, I'm
0: I'm 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 going to call every bad guy that lead villain now. Here yeah. on in. he's she was lead. Trying Billy. to say
2: villain, but she was thinking of his willy. No. <laughs> Carry on. So we're introduced to Judy and Glover, who's been in this and Indiana Jones and Star Wars.
1: I randomly, I was in, in, on the street a couple of years ago. I seem to remember he was acting in a play um, at my local theatre, and I was like, "It was literally." I was going down one way, he was walking across the other, and I was like, "I recognise, I was too starstruck, so I didn't go, oh, you know, and go up to meet him and everything. I was like, "I recognise that man," mm. and I was like, oh, "He was in a Bond movie, and oh, he was in Indiana Jones," and I was like, "Ah." Oh. So the thing is that he's I've only really, really met him.
0: He's one of these actors who you, you kind of like see in films, but you don't actually recognise him. Like you wouldn't sort of picture his performance in this. To the one that he does in Indiana Jones, because he just like completely—they do look very they're different, dif- yeah. Yeah, they're very different. Yeah, also, yeah. different Asian voices as well, and things like he mm. just he just wouldn't like quite, an even like Hot Fuzz, and I struggled to kind of like identify the look of Julian Glover. Really, it's you know, I mean, it's mm. probably a blessing as an actor because it just means like you know, he's like you a can disappear comedian. into a role.
2: Yeah, of course, he's been in games of Game of Thrones as well. Yeah, he's a much older he man has. now, but.
1: Uh, yeah. Also, we get, um, oh, who is it? Charles Dance appears as a heavy in this movie as well. A yeah. very, very big cameo, and he's obviously worldly famous in um, Games of Thrones, Game of Thrones now.
2: From my hometown.
1: Yeah, he's a local boy.
2: Yeah, he's from Plymouth. He went to the same school as my dad. Oh, I don't wow, think cool. at the same time, but they went to the same place. He's from this city.
1: Also claim to fame. How
2: about yeah. that? Well, not really. He's from this city. I mean, Christ, Londoners must be permanently fucking creaming themselves <laughs> from <laughs> thousands of famous people from the same place.
1: Well, but, um, there we are. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, Charles Dance is in this br- very briefly, yeah, on the on the beach and other places.
1: And game of Thrones alum, which is very cool. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, Farah, takes us to see uh, Chris Atos and Bibi Dahl. Um, I think she's very interesting. So she throws herself at Bond, and Bond's like, Put your on and buy your ice cream what is
2: the whole point of him being not involved with BB Dahl I don't mean what that implies what is the whole point of Christatus' character being around BB Dahl and her trainer
0: it meant to be a, like is a it a cover
2: or, or to co- is that to I, soften him or? I mean
0: isn't it I mean there is the whole thing to, especially towards the end where that she implies that he kind of just wants to shag her Really, well, that's that's kind of like yeah, he's, He kind he, of goes, well, "I know what you want, but you're too old for me." He's kind of like grooming her to sort of, I, you know, I don't know. There is that element. Yeah, you're
2: too old for me. I'd rather bang Roger Moore. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: I might be
1: like money, money laundering or something, because obviously he's he's a sponsor, so that maybe, you know, once he gets his money from the heroin dealing or whatever it is he's involved in, um, that's when he puts some money to her. I don't know. Because you could, front, cut,
2: you could cut BBDL out in this film quite easily.
1: Yeah, You yeah. could. I mean, because yeah, she throws himself at him, and he's like, he Bond rejects it, and it's like, well, why? I, I didn't get it. She doesn't need, doesn't
2: need to be in this. She school. actually gets. He she actually gets in his bed and like you know, completely naked and stuff. And I don't know how old the character's meant to be. The actress is about the same age as Melina. She's about twenty three or something at this point. No,
1: she's meant to be like seventeen, eighteen isn't or something she, like, that, isn't she? You
2: wonder if she's even meant to be legal. It's a bit, a bit underage. I don't, know, I don't know what it's here for. It's a really strange. It's odd, isn't it? This it's really pervy. not needed in the film. There's a few things like that in this film where you say you don't need this.
0: My my guess is. Again, I think it's to show that uh, a more mature side to Bond. You know, it's like a step away from the whole "Well, Roger Moore would shag anything." I mean, I think I mean Connery would, Connery would probably would shag BB. I mean, to be, to be honest with you, he probably would. Probably uh but so i think it's more like a step towards to show a bit more mature bond it's like no he's not going to just shag everyone you know we're getting to the 80s now so we're kind of probably getting like okay let's be a little bit more mature about this um that's my guess uh but you, you're right you, it it doesn't sort of serve much purpose at all really the only so
2: the only purpose it serves and it would have been a very very easy rewrite is it it it, it introduces her us the viewer Uh, and Bond, to the biathlete, Eric, whatever he's called, who's another (laughs) henchman. Yeah, the the KGB. Cross-country skiing and shooting, basically. Mm. Um, And she's like a huge fan of his, and he takes her to watch him, you know, I don't know if it's meant to be the Olympics or just some winter games of some type. And um, so it introduces us to him, and he's going to be the main antagonist through a lot of the sort of winter sports sequences of this film. I guess that's the only point because it it serves no purpose apart from that.
0: I I guess I Mm. guess yeah yeah I would agree. It's yeah, but then again, I I do kind of like that Cardinno. He's kind of like the typical blonde-haired, like quite strong, plain. Henchman, it, he's, really? from,
1: he's meant like, He's from. He's German, isn't he? Because he's still got the the war. Oh, I thought you meant PB
2: for
0: a minute. <laughs>
2: strong and plain. <laughs> really?
1: All right. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, sex sex is good for building up muscle. Yeah, oh, that's actually one of my favourite lines. Actually, so well making like sort of build up muscle by putting your clothes not, on. Not, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, not, not the way I do
2: it, at
1: the Record time. Yeah, I can... pardon. <laughs> <laughs> nothing she just said time. Not the way I
2: do it and you said something about record time
1: <laughs> I misheard you Dave I'm so sorry I meant the the way she does it I was like obviously in record time she does it really quickly She's like quick and the next scene I close her on oh my god oh, it's perfect
2: past. right okay alright but uh, Maybe Mel- another out, Chris. <laughs> Melina does t- he never cuts nothing I don't worry about it um, <laughs> no I don't no
1: Damn
2: it. <laughs> I'm the only person who's had anything cut on the grounds of taste from this show, uh, which tells people listening how bad it must have been because Chris leaves everything in. Um,
0: yeah, that's
1: the one thing I refuse to cut. I'm afraid. <laughs> anyway, moving on,
0: so, which basically means we can push anything now. <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> crap, I've done. What I've done my one cut. <laughs> yeah, that's up. it. That's
2: it. <laughs> and I was the. I was the un down trodden mm. victim of that cutting
1: oh oh well. well, we'll let this in how about that
2: Melina turns up and is nearly killed instantly
1: yeah a pair of motorbike bandits trying to cut
0: her up
2: yeah because you know make yourself really obvious and loudly roar you could have just sniped her
0: <laughs> yeah but same as anything it's like you know Bond could have been killed just by a sniper easily oh, I, you know, uh, <laughs> I mean like I, I will say Bond is wearing a very, very fetching uh, skiing jacket you know, he's kind of we- he's kind of
2: wearing he's, he's wearing a duvet. <laughs>
0: he's, it is he, like a duvet. He, isn't he's it? he's kind of wearing the the winter coat that uh the kid at school always get beaten up. You always used to wear. It's that kind of thing. The only thing he's missing is mittens. That's the kind of <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, they could have gone the whole hog and just had him film the gun barrel wearing it. <laughs> just come out in a carpet and fire. <laughs> Um, it's an okay action sequence compared to what Roger Moore's capable of. We're seeing a bit more; the the stuntmen are becoming a little bit more obvious, but it's still got a ways to go. I'm
0: afraid. I mean, it, it gets worse. It's very short action scenes, mm. but I've, I feel like this film has lots of short action sequences. But it's just there's quite a lot of them, so it feels like a very sort of bit of plot. Oh, a little bit of action, little plot, a little bit of action. You know, mm. that I think I think it's kind of well. Structured in that way, where it just gives you a little bit and then gives you a little bit, you know, of this just mm. to keep you going. Um,
2: and we get some product placement for Interflora, which, which is what you want in
0: every action scene. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm surprised I don't do it all the time, really. But, uh...
2: <laughs> yeah, beat the shit out of someone, their guts are hanging out, and you turn and just go, Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> By the way,
1: isn't that as bad as Skyfall anyway? That was horrendous.
2: Well, Skyfall, the thing in Skyfall that made me laugh was when he was in the crane. Oh, God. And he goes to, like, change gear or whatever it is, turn it round. And it just lingers on the watch for about two or three seconds longer than it should. It's (laughs) just really, like... I thought you were
0: going to say something about, like, (laughs) like J.B. (laughs) J.B. Like, the the (laughs) make of the crane. Like, oh, my Mm -hmm. God. Mm
2: -hmm. But, um, so, yeah, uh, Melina has been... They clearly have got the wind up them because they're trying to kill Bond and Melina quickly before she works out, before they work out who Locke's working for. Because at this point, we think it's uh, Columbo Topol's character. Yeah,
0: we're told that from uh, the, the reliable source. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very reliable source. Yeah. It says twice as very reliable. Oh, <laughs> Ferrara recommended him. No. Hang uh, isn't Ferrara dead now?
2: <laughs> not, not yet, but he will be. Yeah, uh, gets, that leads he, uh, to the yeah. famous car scene later. But he is killed again. <laughs> what a pointless character! He wasn't, you know, he wasn't killed taking a bullet for Bond. He wasn't killed, you know. He he just Bond goes in to say goodbye to Beebe because she's been such a major character in this film. Um, he's nearly killed by, he's nearly killed by ice hockey. There, there's, by, there's by the Mighty ex Ducks. Ex the,
0: sorry, <laughs> he's nearly killed by the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, he's in prison. He
2: and when he comes out, Christatos is in the car dead. You just think, well, you know, were you struggling for a bit of budget kit there or what? He's, he's, you know, he's come out with a handful of lines, introduced him to the wrong person, and then been killed.
0: Yeah, you think you, think you think it would have killed him on that on that uh, effort? The fact that well, hang on, I did you a favour? I gave I, I gave you the guy. And...
2: <laughs> yeah, and he thinks Christatos is an ally, so why are you killing him? He knows fuck all.
0: <laughs> he knows nothing. <laughs>
2: Oh uh, dear, it's uh, but yeah, but we got the long winter sports. For well,
0: actually of, no, well. It, actually he's yeah, killed for a reason though. He is, he is like it's left the evidence to, for Columbo's pen to sort it of is, uh, to yes, plant that. He's... Yeah, it's just to say Columbo's the bad guy because he's known as the dove, and yeah, it's given it's given maybe Bond a bit more motivation to kill him later on because that's what he wants him to do.
2: No, it is, and to be honest, I've, I've got through several viewings of this film without really noticing that pin was a dove, and it is the same. It's meant to, it's meant to implicate Columbo. I never mm. really thought of that. I just thought it was something that had come off the guy's clothing. Yeah, um, which and it is Emil Lock. So Emil Lock kills Ferrara. There's been a couple of attempts on Bond's life. Uh, which leads to some degree of winter sports, including Bond ski jumping. Really? In uh, Bond doing a sl- a Bond skiing down a bobsleigh run, <laughs> whilst amazing. the bobsleighs in process. So they're all looking around, presumably ruining their time entirely. <laughs> it's just, and he's going carry on like they're going to stop, because <laughs> you know? a lot of people just put you know do an emergency stop halfway down a bobsleigh run but um, it is a well good
0: well it's sort a great of, sequence though. yeah I mean the, the only thing might ruin it for people is the, the music is the funky sort of like you know I love it honestly. yeah just go, but, just go. but the actual action is filmed really well but
1: yeah I really agree there I mean some of the aspects of the school do spoil it um, but for me this action is shot fantastically well it, it zooms along a really wicked pace um, got little problems with the action scene brilliant
2: where do we go from here?
1: um Thanks, we Have you seen him? Um, oh, that was such
2: a... <laughs> yeah, you could just tell... John Glenn did not want to film that.
1: No, just, he just, uh, you see him. He, he doesn't do the double take. He doesn't look at his bottle. Uh, he yeah, just to
2: remind you guys listening, uh, he's the guy that we've mentioned in the last couple of weeks, but we don't know when you listen to the previous podcasts. The guy who sort of looks at his drink in St. Mark's Square in Moonraker and in The Spy Who Loved Me He's On The Beach...
1: Also having a drink. <laughs> when
2: when Bond comes out of the water and all the rest of it. Um, that's sort of like, ooh, have I been drugged? Look, he he has a trilogy. And the third part of his trilogy is tonight. But the camera's on him for less than a second. Yeah. Drinking, you and, he, him, literally. and he kind of he, has to jump into the swamp. He,
0: he, he kind of just like looks up and that's it. It's no He's got you don't have drink... time to focus on who it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah No,
2: you spot him. He has, he has a, yeah. yeah. so a drinking yeah, They'd have been better off cutting it. Even if it was the funniest joke in the world, this guy, which it isn't. But even if it was the funniest joke in the world, cut it. Because there's there's not a lot of home video at this point. Most people haven't seen the previous two for a while. And it's just some guy jumping out of his seat without any context at all. It's really I mean, strange.
0: He might have better off just do a double taking pigeon, really.
1: Yeah, they should have just done that, really. Yeah, but it's, the cost, of, it's,
2: it's the cost of flying that pigeon in.
1: Then you've got to <laughs> talk to his agent.
2: I mean, who knows? What, how are you going to find him after Moonraker?
1: Is he a carrier pigeon?
2: well yeah I guess it could be that I suppose you go down to St Mark's Square but how do you know which one it is
0: <laughs> the one that's always like, sort of like double taking, the <laughs> it's the one in a sparkly jacket signing autographs <laughs> and <hanging laughs> was it any cute
2: alcohol <laughs> problem <laughs> Moonra- Moonraker I thought it was my biggest but it's where it all went wrong I just kept <laughs> getting off in kids TV and like postal work <laughs>
1: Geordie
0: Racer. Yeah, it's easy. The one that looks like a bad special effect. Do uh, you think there's anything to be
2: concerned about that we talk about carrier pigeons an inordinate amount?
0: <laughs> Given that it doesn't have a
2: role in any Bond film, we've never, we've never experienced it in our real lives. None of an us inject.
1: own
0: pigeons. <laughs>
1: I, I, I just mentioned it once and it's
0: just become a running joke. So but, well, I'm going to pop it in now. Dave just said it randomly one time. At no, the she end of the said podcast. carrier
2: pigeons. She said carrier pigeons. <laughs> Did she? Oh, it right. may then have gone on for a couple of hours about it.
1: <laughs> it was a running joke.
2: <laughs> 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 so yeah, so they, they can't put a carrier pigeon in. They can't put a carrier pigeon in because he's not a trained actor. They can't put the one from Moonraker in because they've got to go and find him in St. Mark's Square. And unless he's been in rehab, there's no fucking records on him. Ooh, so we're man. just with Victor Torjansky jumping up and before you can see him that's over and that's the end of his fantastic contribution to the Bond series <laughs> that's
1: a trilogy folks every time
2: you look at your drink you're just paying homage to him <laughs> then where do we go after
0: uh, well I think he goes to meet Melina again doesn't he because he, 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 he promised her oh, I'll, I'll come, and fight, come and get you at the... oh he
2: goes yeah she's underwater yeah although she's not they filmed all of that on a sort of stone stage with wind machines and everything else because she cannot the actress had a medical condition she could not be underwater
1: no she couldn't swim
0: oh really that's interesting
2: they've done it quite well the only place it's really obvious is when when bond is trying to sort of get them out of their their sort of um, ropes later on and he's sort of pulling against that rock hmm. that that is clearly a man who's having no problem seeing he's not looking through water but generally speaking, the effect's done really, really well.
1: Yeah, otherwise you wouldn't know that it's not... You wouldn't know. No, done really well.
2: Even when they, they sort of swim off, her hair moves as it would in water.
1: Mm, really clever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, excuse me, sorry.
2: Yeah, you sound thrilled, Becca. <laughs> it's quite, a, quite an exciting effect, isn't
1: it? <laughs> no, I genuinely do think it is very well done, and you generally wouldn't know. Sorry, it's late on a Sunday night, and I'm like, oh, but it's all good. Um, so yeah, and no, I think that's one of the um, things that works very much in the film's favour, do, you do get the odd bit of rear projection which looks really tacky, but generally this film looks lovely. Mm. Um, wherever, it's, wherever you go, I'd say the locations are quite minimal. When only get sort of three or so in this film, but every single one is absolutely beautiful.
2: Yeah.
0: It is a good-looking film, I must admit. It is really. It is very a handsome. Good, I forgot how good-looking it was, because when
2: I think of the 80s Bond films, and even the 70s ones... They're shot on not such nice film stock as the '60s, and they weren't necessarily restored as well either, or as thoroughly as as the early ones. So I think of like the Connery era and Majesties as being really gorgeous, and that's it. It's been quite a surprise to watch this and Moonbreaker again, and especially find, on Blu-ray as well. And find the some cra- of the mid-era Bond films are really quite attractive. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And we also got a a strong ally in this one as well. I mean, obviously he's not Luigi, uh, but. Um...
2: Luigi?
0: Yeah, Ferrara. Uh, oh yeah. no, no,
2: Columbo. I thought you meant. Yeah, that.
0: yeah, right. Col- Columbo. Uh, uh, Topol is um, played or played by Topol. Is Topol's I think Topol played by Topol. <laughs> Quite a challenging role for him. <laughs> you don't say. Well, he pretty much is. You know, he's pretty much played. Yeah. But I, he's. I think he's a really good presence in this film. He's very like friendly Karen and B- jolly. Jo- is yeah, he's got a Macaulay style, again, isn't he? Sort of thing. Yeah. Bit of a rogue.
1: There's an immediate connection with the Bond as well because yeah. like, oh, you have what we call thrust Thrassos in your guts. Yeah. And you have... lots of guts. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but no, I think that's—I I do like the kind of the level of kind of cat and mouse, I guess, because we're led to believe that Christatos is the villain um no, uh, is the villain. It's very much its, it's very, again
2: very like the Living Daylights with that. It's very much thing. yeah. This yeah. film
1: blends together a lot of hmm. aspects that we've seen before and that we'll see in future, and especially because that's also another John Glenn movie.
2: How does he convince him that Christatos is the bad guy again? Remind me, because basically, if you caught up with the villain and you went, "No, that's not me, it's him," well, you wouldn't necessarily. Well,
0: Basically, what what happened what happens is they do set up with um, the the mistress. What what's her name? uh, Easel. Easel. She gets killed by Locke, and um, and you know they have a bit of and and he he escapes, but he's kind of saved by the the frogmen with the uh, with with the the dove, which is like the the calling card. So he's a bit like, hang on, what the fuck's going on here? Um, So so basically. One's now captured by Colombo. having been like essentially saved because he was about to be killed by Locke, and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and rather than like sort of torture him or or do anything, he, he kind of just talks to him. He's like, "Hey, look, uh, Christos is uh, is is playing you, playing you. He's basically like telling you facts about himself and, and, and blaming me for him. Um, here's your gun back." and it, that I think the sign of giving Bond his gun back is like, oh right, well I can trust you. You're willing to, you know. Yes, that's right. Because he says yeah. that about
2: having guts, and he's a you know yeah. so sort of you sort of thing. And he's you know cocking his gun. Yeah. Not exactly. his cocks in his gun. <laughs> he's cocking. Yeah. his Yeah. Gun. He
0: gives him the gun back, and Bond sort of point. Uh, Sticks put, his cock in it. Yeah, <laughs> Points point, 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 point at him as if to say, I yeah. could just shoot you now, yeah. but I won't because obviously but I won't. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: I think it's very cleverly done. I think as well, and that kind of parks back to it very much being like the very old-fashioned spy film, rather than relying on guns and um, gadgetry and stuff like that. So it's very much kind of, he's just convincing him, mm. saying, well, I, I give you this as a side of my honour.
2: And, and up so. till now, the film's been absolutely fantastic, I think. It, it, from now on, it's where, if you're going to struggle, this is where. Um, I enjoyed it much more. I kept waiting for the film to drag and bother me from here on in, and it doesn't, but I have to say, we're about to get to an underwater sequence in a little while. That really does run far, far too long. You could knock a full ten minutes off it, and it'd still be okay.
1: I must say that's one of the problems I have when it comes to the pacing. I think some of the mm. yeah, the underwater scenes are a bit baggy, and maybe we'll it. Oh, that's the, the end, other but... thing as
2: well, doesn't it? Christatos, he, he goes to where he's doing the, the, the heroin and finds the landmines. Yeah. That, yes. Sorry, the depth charges. It's not a landmine on yep. water, is it? Uh, the depth charges that um, blew up the boat. So yeah, it's proven, and then they go to find the attack. And um, what they've got to do is basically go to where the ship was which they know from her father's research I
1: think we skipped a bit haven't we well there's a scene where well, we'll be... um... oh, carry on Chris sorry no, so well,
0: basically we have the shootout uh, you know, so where Dave was suggesting with the mines and that and they track down uh, Locke and they have that and that's where Locke is killed with that You know... ah
2: of course I forgot right. that, the, yeah. the sequence I remember that's right the, the only thing in the sequence is I mean, Roger Moore's too old at this point, there's no doubt, but, you know, he kind of gives a a good enough performance that you try try not to think about it and you don't worry. You wonder why he's being dressed like he's going on a fucking hiking holiday, but all right. (laughs) And um, it's fine, but there's a bit where Locke tries to kill him and Moore gets out of the way, and then he's got to run up some steps, which visually he does all right, but the first thing you hear is... (laughs)
0: <laughs> better oof like, well it's, well, it's like, fair there is a lack of oof <laughs> in the and fight scenes in this. The corner,
2: you, yeah there is but as he goes around the corner you just hear <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> it's it's alright after that but I just think edit that out he's clearly fucked um, but he gets to the top and he's trying to shoot Locke and he catches him in the shoulder, mm. Locke spins the car, goes through a partial wall and is now hanging off a cliff
1: there's a very brutal scene coming up I think it's almost so. Yeah. Brutal moments um, in Bond, especially in Roger Moore's Bond as well, because he's known for kind of being perhaps more funny. So yeah. he just basically pushes a lot of, off the edge of off the edge of a cliff.
2: Yeah, he kicks the car off the cliff. Yeah. Where, um, Roger Moore begged not to do this scene, and they wanted to just throw the pin in and like gravity was doing it anyway. And they filmed it both ways, and that's the cut John Glenn used. But Roger Moore is not happy with that, so I think that this. I mean, yes, he killed lots of people, and he killed people quite coldly in some cases.
0: I mean, well, I, I see the no difference with this and the in Spy, where he just slaps the tie away from. Um...
2: I think there's a flippancy to it in yeah. in Spy. There's almost a
0: <laughs> what a helpful chap.
2: And with this,
0: I mean, he just yeah.
2: He's fucking furious, and it's kind of a revenge thing. It's very like when Saunders is killed in The Living Daylights.
0: Yeah,
1: It's like, yeah, you've killed so. one of
2: mine now. Yeah,
1: killed of my, um, you know, my own.
2: And it was unnecessary. Uh, and also, the fact is, the guy's dying anyway. Uh, you know, if, 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 if in Spy, he'd left the guy long enough, who knows? He might have, like, pulled on his tie enough to get himself back up. You don't know. No. Here, this guy was going to die anyway, and he gave it a fuck you nonetheless. I don't have a problem with the scene at all, and I don't think it's incongruous in this film, I don't think it stands out horrendously against the rest of his era, the only time I find it disingenuous is when people use that as the argument that Roger Moore's Bond could be quite gritty, well yeah but that as an example is not very typical of the way he played the character, yes he killed people and he killed people without remorse but he didn't kill he didn't throw an extra kick on people that were already dying and fuck you with that brutal look on his face
0: yeah i think no, exactly. it's the only time where it's kind of done but it's part of the the tone of the film i mean he still kind of kill people cold bloodedly like still shot yeah, of course he does he's still he still shot um strong uh, strongberg um like unarmed like yes. just just casually just like bang yes. bang bang you know it's like you know no but he did around. Yeah, but
2: when when dying or dead on the floor, he didn't go over and put another couple of shots in his neck as well. Yeah, no, I, I well, think that, that's it. the slight difference. Yeah, you know, there are people who are bigger Roger Moore fans than than I am, certainly, and know these films a bit better than me, who might say, "Yeah, but what about this sequence? What about that sequence?" Fine, and that might all be valid. I'm just saying that a lot of people will defend the grittiness of you, if you like. Of Roger Moore's Bond using this scene, and it is atypical. Mm.
0: But I, I like it. I, I, I'm glad it's there. I'm, I'm I generally think it's this nice little sort of harsh Bond moment, and I think I'm glad that at least Roger had that. You know, at least he had mm. a standout bit where, right, I can I can be a bastard.
1: <laughs> you know, like,
0: yeah, it
2: fits in yeah. with the tone of the movie. Yeah, is it here he goes off to see, uh, get the uh, recover the attack?
1: Yeah, that's where we go from here.
2: Because I think from from here on in, this is the scene you struggled with earlier, wasn't it, Becca?
1: Yeah, to be honest, I mean, it is as beautiful as it looks. I do love some of the underwater parts, but to be honest, I have a similar problem to this with Thunderball. I don't know why and the scene, underwater scenes always don't go well for me. I don't know why. <laughs> I find them a little bit dull. Um, but beautifully shot. Mm. Um, and again, you wouldn't know this, you know, where it's filmed and one thing another. So it's very, very cool.
0: I mean, again, um, it's another it's 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 set of like, oh, there's a fight with a guy in a suit uh and there and then then you move on and then there's another bit where they get captured in the uh in that little sort of submarine bit and then it's it just seems to be like another set piece
2: it's not a lot um, happening though i yeah. mean basically if you think about it they go down there they've got to recover the attack there's a little bit of tension because it's kind of not booby trapped but it's wired in and it will explode and all that sort of thing if you you got tension having to
1: cut the wires yeah
2: so you got that And then basically, there's an attempt on their life, which they survive, and when they get out of there, they're captured. That could be done in five minutes or less, and they take they take take twenty minutes over it. It it is a bit too long winded. It's not boring per se. It's just a couple of times I called up the time, and I'm thinking, I can't believe this is still going for the amount of plot that's in it. I said similar things during um, Live and Let Die that I was never really bored by it, but it's like you're making. The plot is almost ended and you're dragging it out a little bit mm. um but it's it's an okay sequence it's all right it's just it is it is far far too long and it and it would have not you could have knocked 10 to 15 minutes off the running time of this film just by tightening this one scene
1: yeah i must say i do, I do like the way it's done though because it's kind of it i was watching it and you, you literally you, so bond and millionaire there sort of cutting the wires
0: mm. will it
1: will it not explode or not and then you kind of cut to somebody else, obviously coming in towards the back of the ship, mm. and it's from their point of view, and it's heavy breathing. It reminded me a lot of Halloween, the start of Halloween, mm. um, where you just see Michael uh, through um, you know his clown mask and everything. All you hear is like, all you hear is like heavy breathing, mm. um, and it, it's kind of like almost like a horror film, giving that kind of tone to it all of a sudden, which is a, a bit of an odd, <laughs> a bit of an odd shift a little bit. But I just thought it was very cleverly mm. done. It was a nice touch, but for me, it was an odd tonal misstep. I, from I, that I, Bond I, movie. It's a horror movie, and I was like, oh. I, I, I like,
0: uh, I like the fight itself. Um but I fight I'd, seems I'd, really good. He doesn't go oof so much. Well it's underwater, so it'll be like yeah, he's not gonna go oof, Mwah. is he? <laughs> um but <laughs> I mean it's all slow motion anyway, so it's too his uh, speed. No but um, he goes, Yeah, he's fighting at
2: normal speed and everyone else is slowed down
0: a bit. <laughs> no, but um yeah. I, but I think Dave's right it could have been cut uh it yeah. just yeah, it, it could have been cut down a bit, you because know? we do you do get captured underneath and do get a good sequence there when they get dragged through the, the com- If you were the reading the synopsis, you would not expect
2: this to take twenty minutes. Yeah. No. Um but I mean the, the the other thing was I was saying about this this researching this film, uh Roger Moore's commentaries on all the films are, are so far a pretty similar standard. It's him by himself, uh just talking about his memories of people and all the rest of it. It it they're all pretty good. When you go to the sort of curated interview, if you like, uh, a curated commentary where it's a collection of different comments and interviews. This is, at this point on the film, they're talking about the history of diving equipment. It's <laughs> it really, much, it? It, it's so fucking boring. You know, it, they've got so little to say, so much, it, whilst the technicalities behind films can be quite interesting, I think it's a measure of how little story there was or gossip, if you like, around the making of this film. That so much of the commentary is purely technical. This is how we did this. This is how we did that, and we've got nothing to say about this interminably long sequence. So here's some, you know, heavy diving equipment. You know that went out of fashion, and then this was used for a while, and then in recent years. And you just think this is a really odd thing to put on a commentary.
0: Yes, uh, Christatus is uh, gets the first chance to be a bit of a bastard this time around he's like he's in full on villain mode he's not pretending to be a good good guy anymore mm. um, and he's like right well I'm going to uh, kill you quite nastily by dragging you along a, a collier reef sh- uh, tearing your skin and getting eaten by sharks basically yeah doesn't care who knows it yeah
2: leave their legs free so that they can swim properly and escape
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah well apparently it'll make more You'll attract the sharks apparently I don't
2: know yeah all right, well, fair enough, but um, it, it's actually an okay done sequence. I mean, they they finally have some chemistry between them. He's playing it very tenderly, and the way they escape's pretty well done.
0: Mm. It's like Bond's resourceful. He's not like found like a little gadget in his watch or anything like that. Mm. It's uh, it, it's done pretty uh, pretty hardcore, really. I, I kind of like it, and also like uh, um being a, bit of a, being a bit of a twat now. <laughs> being like very much like... Uh... He's like, oh, we, we don't have any blood lost yet,
1: or something, you know, he's real gets his teeth into the role yeah. finally. and
0: when one mm-hmm. of his men starts getting eaten laugh he's like, oh, I'll leave him. <laughs> I think that's I th- horrible
1: scene, and he's like, oh, I'll leave him, he's mm-hmm. one of our less useful people, and you think, oh my god. <gasps>
2: but when you, when you have uh, the fake-out with Topple's character first, you don't know if he's a henchman, the main man, or not. By the time we get to Christatos as the bad guy... He's not got a lot to work with. He hasn't got a lot of time to make much of an impression in this film.
0: Yeah, he just basically pretends, Oh, I'm I'm a healthful Greek. I'm just giving you information, And so It's like he's a bad guy. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. You know, so, so now it's like right. Well, now I have to kind of show you why I'm a bad guy. You know.
2: He's not one of the great ones, is he?
0: I. But it's again. It's like the film. It's it's more a mature kind of take it's not like done a hammy or anything it's not like mm. it's, it's not like it is you know, not world, world I mean,
1: domination really does he he it, just wants to sell the attack to, to the KGB whoever doesn't he really so
0: I mean it serves the plot I mean it's not too jarring it's not all of a sudden, like, it's not awful it's not no. a, no. I mean because let's say for most of the, well, for at least half the film he's playing it like helpful giving you loads of information mm. Um, you, you, you don't you, you suspect that you know he's, he's nothing's like quite what it seems because he just seem rather a bit too helpful, um, mm-hmm. but you know but he is required to be like oh I'm just Mr. Give you loads of information blah, blah blah blah, and now right well now I'm the bad guy so now I have to be menacing but not you know but again the the film's mature so it knows to be you know not to overdo it so it, it gives you enough like to, to show you that I am quite not a nice person mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah deep down this sort of like. Pretend, but you know, it's it's not overdone.
1: it's is a versatility as an actor as well, that you can play that kind of smooth, suave kind of. I mean, there's a scene earlier on where um, Bond and Christoph also actually you know sit down for dinner together, and he knows they have a discussion about wine, and what sort of wine to eat with the fish, um, about Greek wine in particular as well. And it's like, well, you know, they're on the same level, you know, on the same level culturally and intellectually yeah. as well. So
0: Bond is a foodie.
2: It's always wine that proves it. <laughs>
1: That's
2: the one. It's always down to the wine, so maybe that's what told him. It's never which beers. It's always about the wine. Yeah, it's um, the next plot point. Of course, is they get free and they get back to the boat, and basically they're tipped off where to go next by the parrot. (laughs) He does
1: at zeros. Yeah,
2: which is really funny because my my dad had a parrot. I mean, I I don't know if like different breeds of parrot are different, but my dad had like an African grey. And basically, they don't repeat things that quickly. They take a while to sort of pick up on the fact you say things. And when they do start speaking, they sort of speak it in a, in a mimicking of your voice. So that kind of weird pretty poly voice that's just repeating <laughs> things you in, instantly as you say them, I don't actually know if that happens. And it's <laughs> a really odd way to find out. I mean, at what point did they say this during script development? <laughs> well, we'll just have a parrot tell them.
0: Just throw a parrot. I don't know it's 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 kind of. <laughs> Can quirky. we get a pigeon? No, it's a bit random, isn't it? Though <laughs> it's a bit queer. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm get. I guess it's like one of the things in films where like people who are not parrot experts are going to be fine with it, but then you know people who know par- about parrots going to be like, "Well, that's poor shit. I'm not. I'm not buying but, that." I, I
2: just think it's a strange plot decision. It, again, it's not a big big deal, but it's just like. Well, I, I just think that very rarely in these, these aren't like a, auteur works where somebody sits in a room and comes up with this blinding idea and that's what gets filmed. There's a, there's a degree of committee about it. Yeah,
1: it's this. filmed by committee,
2: isn't uh, it? Yeah, uh, you know, so at some point, some they've sat around and discussed this and someone's gone, wait, well, <laughs> it's parrot.
1: Like, maybe it's a way of, as I say, with having Sheena Easton in, in, in the credits, maybe it's another way of getting bums on seats. You've got the younger audience coming what? in. I don't know. That appeals for the kids. It's I don't
0: know. The, it's the box office. <laughs> <laughs> they're chase, they're box chasing that parrot dollar. <laughs> 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 I don't know. There's, there's money in them parrots. You a... It sticks in your mind, though, doesn't this. it? It you sticks like in your mind. I'm putting one
2: of the pop stars of the day in the opening <laughs> credits. Let's get a, a parrot, parrot in it. to get the youngsters. <laughs> <in. laughs>
0: You're short on short on it's exciting See parrot moving. see for whatever reason now I've just seen the opening cycle season so she Eastern popular but you see head of a parrot going so right. it's, like, it's like, just like it's, it's like, like it's like
2: when they made jump jo- <laughs> It's a bit like when they made John Carter and they couldn't call it John Carter of Mars because they'd done some research that said films with Mars in the title don't do very well. And at, some, at some point some suit at United Artists and this is the last film that's just United Artists by the way, but the, some suit at United Artists said, have we got any tracking data on parrots? <laughs> the parrot in your fight accepts. <laughs> it's
0: like, it's but there's, there's a parrot in this film. Can he do something? Can he add to the plot by any chance? Is there any chance he can you know, help? What the plot? if he's an <laughs> an tell you where they're going? <laughs> <laughs> he can tell you where they're going. He can imitate Bond. <laughs> <laughs> is, is 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 now? Hear me out. It would it be possible for there to be a scene where a poet talks to Margaret Thatcher? Is <laughs> <laughs> sold? That's going in the movie.
2: Uh, well, no, no, because at the point when they first start developing this. She may not have been in office at that point So I am wondering if someone's Just gone, can we have one with a parrot talking to the Prime Minister (laughs) I I think it's going to be inappropriate because of the sexual Tension there is every time somebody talks to a parrot So if that's a male parrot I'm not sure the audience are going to go with it Well, what are the chances of getting a female Prime Minister And as they go to film
1: Serendipity (laughs) Mystery Mystery is made
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> so we've what got. We've, true, so anyway, this is. Got, I like. So I like, I like a, this scene. We've, I like got, a, this
2: we've like, got a sexy, young, skewing demographic parrot turned informant.
1: <laughs> Most bizarre plot point in a right, movie. Fair award enough. goes to. <laughs> but you remember you remember Fuhras only because it has Max the Parrot in it.
2: Yeah, he picks up his his Oscar, <laughs>
1: gives
2: a speech because he can talk,
1: he and the dog kid. from
2: the artist is just there going, "Daw."
1: Oh, missed out on that one. But um yeah, so so where after, to next? after the parrot scene.
2: <laughs> so the parrot tells like, tells them where to go.
1: But he
2: doesn't narrow it down. This is quite an ill informed parrot.
1: This is really random. After this we get a really random cue scene. So Bond goes into In it, confession. It, in confession he goes, oh, Forgive me, Father for I have sinned So you get Q and a priest. of going, that's putting it mildly 07. And it's like what what is he doing here? You don't see him again. But what do we, this, did we see
2: Bond tipped off that anyone's in there, or did Bond just suddenly go, I'm a bit of a dirty sod, really, aren't
1: <laughs> I? I go <laughs> he in here and go just in, get it off my like, chest. Oh, it's really random. Q, what are you this... doing here? Yeah, literally. And he's like, that's pretty good, Bond. You don't want to say what? Doing. Like, just yeah. jumped in as an afterthought. So he it's just funny, comes though.
2: In to, he just comes in to tell him that there's like, I don't know. I can't remember the number now, but there's like 15 St. Cyril's or something. Yeah,
1: that's a different St. Cyril's. And you just think, well, word?
2: that's fine. But had he just gone straight to St. Cyril's, having heard the parrot say it, which one of the audience would have gone, that's bollocks, there's 15 of them. <laughs> Narrow it down, parrot.
0: Yeah, same- <laughs> Why didn't that parrot say which hotel they were going to? Yeah, but, did, yeah but didn't the
2: sat nav with the fucking coordinates already put in?
0: But didn't <laughs> Columbo kind of like know? Was like, oh, he had a hideout at this this place. He's tied up during the war, so it, isn't, isn't that what happened? Yeah,
1: like, it leads into Colombo, doesn't it? Pretty yeah. much.
0: So. Goes, yeah, oh, no, right? they
2: they use Colombo as basically, yeah, he he he's got a bit of inside knowledge. Yeah, he knows. Which is he's
1: a person. Yeah, but so, this is really about the cue scene. It's so random. It It's so bizarre.
2: Yeah, it is. It's just the number I mean I love Desmond Llewellyn but firstly he isn't that good an actor. The number of, I mean what was the scene was it Moonraker where he's just pacing M's office going <laughs> <laughs> um and also he's crowbarred in because he was popular. He just gets put in places you just think you I think know, he... I think
0: probably the absence of M as well for Bernard Lee. Yeah, might, I might guess have added so. to that. Um,
2: uh, I mean, if he'd have gone in there and it had been the corpse of Bernard Lee, I think that would have been tasteless, to be honest, Chris. I'm surprised I mean,
0: it, it, it might have been seen written for like a late film. Uh, late edition. Yeah, late edition for M to pop up, you know. That
2: would make more sense. Uh and, then, and, and gravity and he'd say, well, thanks, 007. I've had my whole team trying to find out where it is because there's, there's countless of these. Instead, he sent out the quartermaster, who you expect to say, you know, he is a fucking exploding smock or something, (laughs) right? He doesn't. He He just goes, you're a dirty bastard, I agree, and by the way, you've led us a merry dance, you cunt. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to <laughs> call that back
1: around well, No, no, because we don't get any um any gadgets in this movie, do we? I mean, we see the stinging in the rain, but he doesn't say, "Oh, here's your magic gadget that's going to get you through the film." Although, well, apart it, apart from you're from the on in the
2: film where Bond's running away after the guy gets shot by the arrow, he does seem to deflect bullets with a a, a random umbrella.
0: <laughs> with a single look, maybe that was <laughs> the stinging in the rain.
2: <laughs> it's just, I mean, that is a very very strong umbrella. Barely yeah. Way. There aren't really many graduates here. The identograph is the is the. No, gadget. to be
0: fair, they, there are bullet holes in that in that umbrella. It's just I think it just you know it, it's what it you slowed used. It slows them down. <laughs> yes, I don't know. I think he just happened to miss him, but I think the umbrella was used to kind of like for him to glide to his fall, so to speak. Okay. But anyway. we, quick we make it to St.
1: Cyril's. Yes, which is the I've got it written down here the Agia Triada on Meteora in Greece, which is a real monastery. Other places, and I think it's a UNESCO World Heritage site as well, yeah. which is a really interesting. Place I'd like to visit, but I think you'd have trouble getting up there.
0: They had trouble filming as well because the monks didn't want them to film, and they just kind of. Protested. No, they're quite, quite sec- yeah, secluded up there, aren't they? They so, were really
2: pissed off some parrot grassed up where they were.
0: <laughs> Give away the top
1: secret location.
2: I know this is a World Heritage site. We don't want fucking birds just randomly sending people here. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is a strange sequence. It's, it, I mean, it's meant to show what it does. Create a bit of. Um, tension because he's climbing with not an awful lot of protection. Uh, it's quite a big climb. Uh, it's, he's got to get up there without being spotted. He's got to get in and get sort of the power supply off and all that sort of thing. So it is quite a tense scene.
0: I mean, I, I do like like the scene like when the henchman comes along and he's knocking off the the. The, the climbing ropes, you know, I... I, I, I that is I, really quite tense. Yeah, and I I just... I'd love to pay off. I like, like how he just manages to just kill him with one of the, the climbing knife things, and he's... And he I, I I think it's a really well-done sequence. It's one why yeah. I think stands out to me in this film.
2: And I think in years gone by, it's always been a sequence that I have found run a bit long, but tonight, I actually... I was really into it. I found it quite tense. I mean, you know he's going to be all right. He's James Bond, but in the moment... Hmm. Like oh my god, one more knock and that's one's going to come out. Is has he got any more in the wall? That sort I'll of have, thing.
1: I'd have to agree with you though. There's another scene that in the past, like especially when well, upon first seeing it, I just thought, oh, so dull. But upon repeated viewings, it's really grown on me. It's really it's a well shot scene. Um, it's really tense, mm-hmm. and you think, oh, are they going to make it? Um, and it's just, it just it goes back, it hearts back to the, I keep saying it's heart's back to the kind of the old fashioned spy movies.
0: Yeah.
1: And he's it's, it's just a, done purely on their surveillance um and on, on brute force. And good old-fashioned spycroft, to be honest.
2: And of course, he's carrying his vanity suitcase with all his Cossack and Falcon hairspray. So that that <laughs> makes it that makes it even tougher because they are you are, you are, they are having to sort of he is starting the stiff hair era at this point with this film. They're having to do a bit more work to make he still, it. Look, he still
1: looks good.
2: He still looks all right, but his hair doesn't look quite as natural. I don't think it's a toupee, but I think it needs um it needs a arranging and then holding <laughs> in place. It's a bit of a... It's not. doesn't look as stupid as Donald Trump's hair. But, but it, what there is
1: does, a, really?
2: But then, frankly, then got... frankly, if he'd just had pubic hair on his head, it wouldn't look as bad as Donald Trump. But it's, um, it's,
0: it's, If I had a power on my it, head, I'd probably still look more sensible.
2: Yeah, and also he—he's he, also for this sequence, he's dressed like a member of the countrywide alliance. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, they, they don't put him in the best kit in this, but it is a very tense sequence. it
1: well, he's, he's, um, it's, it's he's, the eighties. It's the time that fashion forgot. You know.
0: Well, the, the thing is, he's—he's he's meant to be more practical as well. He's, he's meant to be more like wearing what you probably would wear, rather than like what looking cool. You know what I mean? I think they're, they're going for that this time around But I, you know, I think Roger looks cool here. You know, when he's yeah. like, you know, he certainly looks warm. You know,
2: like, we're 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 actually quite close to the end of the film now because this is that I mean that's the thing the last sort of forty minutes of this film are, are just well forty five fifty minutes of this film are, are three action set pieces really them yeah. getting the attack then being dragged underwater and this this sort of mountain climbing
0: um, and then there's like the fight in the um, at the Big house on top of the building thing, whatever it's called. <laughs> Is it a monastery? Is it a monastery? Isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, oh, it's, um, a big, it's a big. a big house. That's just okay. The house. <laughs> it's called the there.
1: Monastery of the Holy Trinity.
0: But uh, yeah, I, I like well, I...
2: Dennis Law, George Best, and um, Bobby Chuck
0: <laughs> Oh well, there we are, football fans. I uh, yeah I, I like the fight with um, what's his face the big tall blonde guy, oh, Kriegler. <laughs> yeah, I I, I, I can't I never can remember his name, but I I do like the fight. I can never remember his name. Yeah, Eric something yeah Eric, like, Eric something. yeah, Eric. Eric something. Yeah,
2: Eric Kriegler. Damn it.
0: Yeah, uh, I like. I have to write them all down. But BB's wanting to escape because he's like you know sick of Christophus trying to pervert it, yes. <laughs> and um, I think it's quite brutal. The scene. I, I love he's, the he's fact Becker,
2: I love Becca the fact you've just said you know that you, you ought to write all this down. So, yeah. like, two hours in, you're going, like, let's do some prep for this podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, because I knew, for example, this film in particular, I knew it was one of those films that I'd struggled with in the past just for pacing on one thing or another. But obviously, upon repeat viewings, I've come to appreciate it. Mm. But um, sometimes on this podcast, we have struggled to remember what happens, I don't know if that's due to the lateness mm. of the time that we record or whether it's just whatever goes on. So I've taken it upon myself, the last couple of films, to write down what happens scene by scene so that we oh, go, right, where, where do we get to, blah, 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 blah. Um, so just so I can follow parrot it along. Turns government, government. <laughs> I do I've got Max reveals Atax taxes not eros in big letters so he reveals it in big letters <laughs> you
2: know, guys just before you write this down wait, imagine I'm saying this in capital letters
0: <laughs> that means, means he shouted doesn't it
2: he's
1: yeah. it. <laughs> quite loud isn't he the parrot so got a squeaky voice
2: <laughs> you wanted a more sensual parrot <laughs>
1: But no, he goes give us a kiss, and I was like, oh, oh god. <laughs> but yeah, so that's, that's, uh, that's kind I of that's kind of why. Like, because otherwise, I'd be like, oh, that guy, um, Eric, what's his face? And I'm like, no, nope, yeah. Eric Kriegler, blah, 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 blah.
2: The only thing, so, the only thing now is obviously he does get to the top, and he does, you know, it all it all turns out that he, he's got the attack. Um, but arriving is Gogol because he's been tipped off to go there to collect it.
1: And he's got a uh, sense to arrive by helicopter rather than climbing all his way to the top. Yeah, to the
2: top. you just think that would be much easier. But then Gogol, you know, likes a good sit down.
0: Well, one of the things <laughs> are like, Google's expected, isn't it? So, like, they're they're not. If they ride by helicopter, they'll probably just be shot down, aren't they? It yeah. all away. Yeah.
2: Just coming by airship, MI6 enterprises.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just parachuting. <power> well... <laughs> 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 or, or hot air balloon. Oh, sorry, that's next week. <laughs> <laughs> can you run this contraption? It runs by hot
1: air. Oh, then you can.
2: <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, as well, he's seen no. He's seen. He's just seen Q. You know, you just think Q yes. might Q might go to him like, Well, here's some hover boots. You might see them in Star <laughs> Trek V in a few years' time. You know oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, something like that. But no, it it all wins. But the thing that I I don't get here is Chris was trying to acquire it for the KGB. The head of which is Gogol. Which means that indirectly Gogol killed her parents. And they're all like nice cheesy grins at the end of this. That's detente.
1: You've just I don't have it. I've just
2: it. flown hundreds of miles to get this fucking thing. I've just destroyed it. My government will be pissed off. Fancy a
0: pint! <laughs> <laughs> what well, do you think say, Melina? We won. Yay!
2: Thumbs up, freeze frame. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Ba-da-da>. <laughs> well, things so. though, like, Melina's robbed of her revenge, isn't she? Because ultimately she she killed um, Gonzalez, you know, Speedy. And uh, she's <laughs> like, well, now I want the guy who pay- paid him to do it. And then she's about to like kill him. Roger, Roger's like, no, don't do and it. And then do Columbo it, does really. it for her. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, cop out. <laughs> you know, so. But, yeah, she doesn't get her revenge, really, but. I mean, it's yeah. like, but Gog- then again, so does Gog's Columbo.
2: Not a bad guy, unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately. Gogol not being a bad guy, like being more of a rogue from our perspective, in that he's kind of a bad cause from the Western perspective at that point, but he's kind of likable. But. We, we can't hate him, but the fact is Melina's quite sanguine about the basically the big bad has just turned up from her perspective pretty much but never mind, they're <laughs> all going to go and have a nice
0: bad <laughs>
2: spoiler think, I don't think she's
0: quite realised that yet
2: yeah, she doesn't know it's General Gogol meet um,
0: Uncle Jeff <laughs> <laughs> Uncle <Just> Jeff <laughs> make something else up
1: crazy Uncle Alexei, or whatever yeah. his name is is it Alexei? I don't yeah. remember
0: I don't know. Or, or maybe like sort of wanting to kill like the head head of the secret service of Russia is maybe just a bit. Oh, that's a bit. That's a bit too high for me. I think I'm I'm right. I'm i might <laughs> <with> Shit, there. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I, th- I think I'll let that one sit. I fucked, I think, I fucked I th- up. That
2: dies. <laughs> that guy's died.
0: <laughs> I, th- I think. I think. I think. I'm, I'm good with that guy. I'm good with that guy. He's dead. He's fine.
2: <laughs> and uh, yeah. Do you think they ever? Because they're in the era where Columbo's on the TV.
0: Do you, oh, think ever, true, yeah. do you think he
2: got, they ever took the piss out of his name and then he deleted scenes like? Oh yeah, right.
0: Well, been... didn't they change his name from the books because it's like uh, the character from Risco, it's a, like Christos and Columbo are from Risco, but I think, if, yeah. But then they changed like the name, like sort of like the the spelling of the name.
1: He's called Minos,
0: isn't he? Minosh Colombo. Well, no, no, but no, but it's like like the middle of like there's a u instead of an o or something.
1: ah yeah yeah yeah, they
2: change his name slightly I think yeah but he doesn't go Columbo does he
0: (laughs) no but the point is that might be (laughs) yeah but that might be because of the the TV show and how like oh I don't know
2: Anyway, I think it doesn't the, matter. Oh, yeah. All yeah. They're all off for a pint. They're all mates. Yeah, Columbo's Col- on about his wife. Did you wife, get the ATAC? Uh, that he's that he's was a big million pound Tommy, fucking centre we had. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, ju- I just kicked it off the cliff. Oh yeah, I was here about off. that. Oh, we just had a few laughs. <laughs>,
1: <laughs>, <laughs> oh, no, I know, I can not believe that. He just le- throws off the edge of the cliff and it crashes into Smithereen. it's like well oh, as they taunt comrade I don't have it you don't have it
2: Gogol so- looks delighted he's like what a
0: little trickster <laughs> but yeah but that's why we like Gogol isn't it it's just like you know it's just oh, he's, he's one of them. like oh well It's not like next
2: time we like Gogol like because Gogo he spends most of his time sat in a massive sparse office getting blowjobs <laughs>
1: <laughs> we assume he's getting <laughs> yeah, he I is. think he
2: sat down he for a week he so reason- is
1: he, 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 he like, never
2: stands up unless he has no. to.
1: You don't see him too much standing up, do you? So.
0: Not that kind of standing <laughs> up anyway.
1: And bless him on the journey Over, he looks quite happy, so you never know what's going on.
0: Um <laughs> and BB's found a new sponsor. At last. What, who was a sponsor? Glumbo.
1: Glumbo. Okay.
2: So so she gets so she skates with a glass eye and a dirty mac now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the shovel detective sponsoring his
0: book <laughs> his wife why right, big... do I say a glass eye I don't know, if, I don't know if his he's... wife's a big fan mm. see I don't yeah. know if Peter Falk had the
2: glass eye or Columbo did uh, was P- that yeah, glass... P- yeah Peter Falk yeah. had a glass People eye a glass well he did course, but was you? it playing the part of a real eye
0: <laughs> I, you know <laughs> what I don't know,
2: know. know. alright anyway so... well,
0: well, maybe, maybe that's what you meant so... by just by one thing
1: a fan of TV series?
2: Let us know. I don't think that's original. I'm sure I've heard some comedian say that or something in the past. I
0: don't know. Well, I've not heard. It does does
2: occur to you. It's like, is that a real eye being played by a false eye? If so, it's not doing a very good job. (laughs)
1: Um,
2: But when are they going to learn? This is the third film in a row now they patch Bond directly through to some fucking head of state (laughs) without checking he's he's got his fucking pants on
0: (laughs) well it's it's, it's audio isn't it and Q goes like oh Bond here Bond here yeah because of course there's no no noises in sex are there (laughs) but it's like I I just love the fact that Q after years of knowing Bond like through and through as, as suddenly realises that a parrot going, Bond here, Bond it. Oh, yes, that's Bond. There's nothing wrong with that signal. Send yeah. straight for the primates. Well. <laughs> they've recast it as a parrot. Fair
2: enough. I'm, who am I to argue? You, the kids today, the the parrot demographic <laughs> is massive, apparently. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, oh I'm He's just you. thought
2: they've they've of Roger They've got rid of Roger Moore. <laughs> they, <laughs>
0: So, 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 somehow, this pigeon talks <laughs> to be replaced by parrots. <laughs> I'm, just, it's I'm obviously I, a
1: parrot as well. They can't <laughs> tell the difference between. The I'm just sure wondering
0: what bird's going to come up next in the, in some random episode? Probably a falcon or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, we've,
2: already, we've already mentioned falcon hairspray. <laughs> oh,
0: we <yeah>, get <laughs> <later about> that. <laughs> so, so yeah, we we we'll get we, we get so uh, to, we get. The tune speech.
2: in during the Dalton era where we'll be discussing the chaffinch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So we get Margaret Thatcher played by uh, yeah, Janet Brown. Yeah, it's actually quite a good uh, take on Margaret Thatcher. Actually, it's like almost like fucking. hell, oh, that's actually quite realistic.
1: She could actually be Margaret Thatcher, I would imagine. So I won't. I won't comment any more on the politics of it. But no, it's a good impersonation. Yeah, um, I like how Dennis is stealing. Oh nuggets, like, is it Sprouts or something? Like,
2: yeah, and breaking the ditched. fourth wall. <laughs> he's looking right down the camera
0: he's like well. he, yeah he's like it's almost like he just doesn't know he's there he's just like I'll staring just into the space is. like mm. oh okay yeah. wasn't, so anyway,
1: wasn't, Dennis, wasn't Dennis meant to be kind of like was he a bit of a figure of fun or something at the time yeah he was, he was he, 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 even
0: though he's
2: actually well, imagine imagine there's a woman more successful than her husband I mean that must have been fucking scandalous <gasps> oh, no. dun,
1: dun, dun. But no, I know but yeah, I think the joke at the time was that Dennis was a bit of a he, he, he,
2: he, um, he, he, even though I he's... Think there, there was always a talk about him in gin, and I, as far as I know, he wasn't an alcoholic or anything. But it was like oh, it was in the pop culture sort of spitting sure. image and that as a bit of a joke that like De- Dennis was a bit of a gin slinger. Sure. Yeah, um, and I don't know if that was true, but he certainly looks a bit wankered in this scene.
1: That's why he's happy to have to the sprouts or whatever what are they? It's nice that
2: they cook for themselves though, because I'm sure they did some careful research before they recreated this.
1: Well,
0: that's it. Well, that's the thing. About I, I just thought I like the fact that himself. how she's got the big red phone in the kitchen, and there's the Batman phone. Yeah. I was
2: going to say <laughs> she cannot be like Batman. And
1: <laughs> amongst the cornflakes,
2: <laughs> 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 Mr Bond. I was about to say we didn't see her bat cave, but I sounded rude <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't mean it to. For once, For once I wasn't trying to be rude. Oh. So anyway,
1: yes. Yeah, what so you would get... you give it
2: a number ten? <laughs> <laughs> right, so go on, carry on.
1: No,
0: yeah so that's it we get the Margaret Thatcher scene um, yes. and then it's like Fiori's only done and yeah the, that, that just, is awful yeah that bit is kind of just... that's
2: really cramming the title in. I mean if Your eyes good. only it vaguely works it's not you know I mean, get it do- a and eye it, full of this
0: it doesn't help the delivery it's just like ugh as well, well. What's, the point? what's the point of it and and also it's just because it's like at this point in this film it feels like the, the one of the Bond girls where you could have just let the sex scene go for this one really couldn't you we didn't have to have it.
2: That's what I like about the, the the Craig era. That you don't. You can argue about casting and the relative quality of the film and, and all of those sorts of things. But the reason we have Kissy Suzuki, and Christmas Jones, and one or two others, if I thought hard enough about it, is. Bond had to close out the film having sex with somebody so if the main woman either died or not the main woman but the woman we thought was the main woman or the one he had some chemistry with either died or turned bad or something like that you'd have to sort of crowbar another one in and the other thing is you know, if you worry about Bond as sexism you're watching the wrong series because there's a lot of that but I was always a little bit uncomfortable about the woman sort of being offered up to Bond as a sort of reward at the end I don't care how many people he sleeps with, but I just have I was never that comfortable with that's the way the film has to end. Well mm-hmm. done, James, just stick your cock in that. I I was never that comfortable with it. So and this is another example, but I don't think it makes the I don't think it makes the woman superfluous. I think she's perfectly decent in this film and perfect you know well cast and everything else. But I just think yeah, it's a bit like wailing. You've 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 crowbared him something where it doesn't need to be there.
0: It's like, hey, no, it. hey, like we we we've completed the mission, so let's celebrate by having sex. That's pretty much. He amazing. could have
2: gone skinny dipping with the parrot, and she could have talked
1: to. him. <laughs> well, she, yeah, she just says, "Oh, you know, what would you like to do? A uh, moonlight swim or something?" So <laughs> so I want to see
2: your noughts. have go just swimming.
1: gone for a swim. But it's like uh, it cheapens Melina as well. I mean, generally any sort of like a trophy, like for example, Pussy Galore at the end of Goldfinger. You think, oh, that's that's the ultimate trophy. You just think, oh, bloody hell. But um, the type of character that Melania is. I mean, she you know she's smart, she's beautiful. Um, the fact that yeah, she's kind of shoehorned was thick and ugly. <laughs> well, I just want to say for her type of character because she's no, know you, you know yeah she's so practical and um she's on a revenge mission, and it just achieves her character and it's really shoehorned in that she's a trophy and you just think oh what the hell, I, I don't agree.
0: I mean, I mean it's not so bad because that you know the relationship between her and Bond is kind of played a bit more tender in this one there's a bit more you know he's, he he does wants to look, at, look after it a bit more I think the romance is put in there, Being you no, know, I don't feel comfortable with the romance in there, I don't think it needs to be in there, I think it works better more like it did in Quantum of Solace where it was just more about someone who can just relate to the revenge aspect and that that's their connection, it's not romance it's just, I relate to the fact that you want revenge um, and this is not the path you should go down, you know um it's because whereas Bond is a bit more like, well, I'm, I'm a killer. There's no way about it, so I can t- I, I just I can think do it, it's, but...
2: it's the same joke three films in a row.
0: Yeah, three
2: films in a row. We've had head of state, and some joke. In fact, you could even count. It's not head of state, but even the man with the golden gun. He's shagging, and M's on the phone waiting. And I, I just think it's like the film was better than that. And I'm, I'm, it's not. It's just you've bookended the film. With a pretty camp pre title and a really silly end joke, and in the middle, you're stuck from Russia with love, albeit with a couple of silly sight gags. Yeah, it's that kind of
0: tone, isn't it? But it's just... I, 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 I guess they just wanted to do something just to please the the, the people who enjoyed Moonrake and the Spy a bit more, hmm. rather than like completely just, you know, if you know what I mean, maybe just like yeah. throwing, because no doubt there'll be people, and there's people still do.
2: But vary it up a bit. That's all. It doesn't have to be yeah. like you know talking to a head of state. I mean, why can't Bond like be in bed with a woman and like fart and follow through? <laughs> <laughs> finishes finishes with him just washing his sheets. Just a thought.
1: Ugh. On that note, what do we think of the film? <laughs> As <laughs> um, well, no, we edge towards the end of the Roger uh, Moore yeah, era,
2: yeah, we are. We've only got two more to. Well, we've got three more to go in this section of, of the before we go to sort of commentaries and so on. But we've only got two Royal Roger Moore films, so we've done five of the seven. I came into this expecting it to be neck and neck with Living Let Die. I think because uh, I'm I'm very aware when we get to the rankings, there's going to be a couple. One at the moment, but I think there's going to be another as well that are going to be conspicuously in the wrong place in quotation marks. As where do the the general public think it should be? And I think the Spy Who Loved Me is one of them. I, I didn't have a particularly good time with that film, even though people love it. I expected this to be up there with Living Let Die. They're the two I've really enjoyed. Actually, watching it again tonight, this pisses past Living Let Die. I think this is comfortably the best Roger Moore film, and I think it. Could well be in my top 10.
0: I think. What do you reckon? uh, I uh, completely agree with uh, what David just said. Um, (laughs) I think I like it a bit more. I don't know why, maybe just because I think about my top five and there doesn't seem to be a a Roger Moore film. This is the only Roger Moore film that, that, you know, is going to challenge to be in it. Uh, But I do actually really like it, so I think it would, I would say it's my top five. Probably number five, probably, mm. but um, that's me personally. But yeah, you know, I, it's I understand the, the, the issues with in terms of pacing, and I think there are issues in this film. But generally, it's a really mature, really uh, decent Bond film that um, it's kind of been treated unfairly, I think, sometimes. So I, it's I,
2: kind of it is a little bit forgotten. oh
0: yeah. You know, so I, I do like to stand up for it. Um, so yeah, that's that's where I stand on. <laughs> uh, your eyes only, my darling. What mm. do you What do you think, Becca? Now you've uh, reassessed it and gone back to it.
1: Oh yeah, no, I, I tend to agree. I think your eye is right, kind of the forgotten bond because it, you don't have the gadgets. I mean, you've got like three exotic locations. Um, and you know, it's not your typical Bond mover, as it were. It's going right back to the kind of the classic spy movies of, of the sixties. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there some parts of it. That I do have problems with some of the underwater sequences. Are very beautiful, are baggy and could do with re-editing. Um, but overall, yeah, it's one of the more solid performances. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. And I had to I had to rank them for a, another Bonsai a while ago, and I can't remember where I ranked this one, but it'd probably be in the top 15, top 10. It'd be definitely up there. Mm-hmm. And that's not, not very high. As I'm sure there are some fans out there going, why does not in your top five? <laughs> but it's, I don't think there are. I
2: think it's a film that's more respected than loved. I think sure, people definitely. are either bored by it, or admire it. I, I don't know many people that really, really love it. And whilst I wouldn't fall into that category, it's got to be pushing it. I don't know till I rank them again and, and have a look, but I, th- I think it's the only one of the Roger Moores that I think might be fighting to be in the top ten.
1: Definitely. No, I've really, really enjoyed it, and I've done to reassess it, and, yeah, it's very strong performances.
2: So that was ex- as, at Expect Us to Talk, for all your home <laughs> ornithology requirements. <laughs>
1: also on Facebook forward slash do you expect us to talk um, you can also email us talk at gmail.com it would be lovely if you dropped us an email it would be absolutely brilliant do you know that te- please te-
2: tell us about the chaffinch
1: <laughs> I'll tell you all about the chaffinch again later on
0: tell, yes tell, tell, um, us your, tell us your tell favourite uh, bomb films listeners e- email yes. us in and or maybe tell us on Facebook or whatever or just yeah. All your favourite
2: avian moments in Bond films. <laughs>
1: yeah, pigeons or not. Parrots. <laughs> yes. Um, James Bond really Radio, us. you know,
0: they, they never mention pigeons. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they have.
1: This is where we like to set ourselves above, you know, above everyone yeah, else.
2: Yeah, so. we're better because we mention, you know, we've we're we mentioned the domestic take pigeons and parrots. And parrots. So yeah. all,
1: all kinds of wildlife are welcome on this podcast, not just... Welcome on the podcast. (laughs) Welcome by this podcast. So if I turn up with
2: a vol next week, that's all right.
1: I I could get my dog on here, you know. (laughs) He could put forth his views. I'm sure he wouldn't mind too much. Um, (laughs) So yeah, you can visit us on, or you can find us on iTunes. Just type in, um, is it expected to talk on there? Um, On Stitcher, and we also can be found on YouTube now.
2: We do have some issues with some of the videos on there and we're too lazy to fix them. But the general point is if you've got iTunes or Stitcher, if you have, don't have iTunes or Stitcher, or you're having any problems with the websites, that's just another place to go. And not only that, you can get YouTube you know, sent to your TV and things like that. So it's just another way to listen.
1: And if all of that fails, you can go to cinematronics.co.uk and stream us from there.
2: Yes, and we're coming up next to the Battle of the Bonds.
1: Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs>
2: 1983, it was a full-on smackdown <laughs> between oh, two guys busy. with a combined age of 108.
1: <laughs> That'd be really ancient. Like, if one of them did live to well, lived to 100, they'd be like, oh, 007 reporting for duty.
2: Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, if you think of, like, Rocky Balboa, if he'd had a punch-up with Spider-Rico in the kitchen, that basically would have been what happened in 1983 in the Bonsa franchise because Sean Connery comes back uh, to do a non-official Bond film, and there's a good story around that that we'll tell you. But that's not the next one, is yeah. it, Becca?
1: <gasps> Expected to talk. Will return with Octopussy.